All right, episode 46, I believe. Um, so before we get into our actual podcast, it is that time. We're going to do a mac and cheese review brought to you by Mooney's Bar and Grill. Uh, if you are have a Mooney's here in the upstate New York area, southern tier, there's one in Buffalo, right? One, two, Buffalo area. Mm-hmm. Four, I think. Yeah. Drove by one the other night. Um, yeah. So this is the Mac of the Month. Now, I don't know if this... Is this transition all the Moonies or just like if you own, I'd have to ask Brian this. Like if you just own those ones, is that the Mac of the Month for your your whatever? That's a good question. Right? Your franchise. All right. Mac of the Month, January. We do need to change this up, Brian. We've got to start reviewing these at the beginning of the month. Yes. Yeah. I, we're going to make that change, but I think because of the timing of this starting and like we start doing like around Christmas time and shit. So I like that because then we get Mac and Cheese back-to-back weeks. <clears throat> all right. Here we go. This is... Honey barbecue chicken mac and cheese, correct? Correct. All right. I have high hopes for this one. I'm not gonna lie. It I saw I, I saw them post this on Facebook about three four weeks ago, and I was like, I cannot wait. All right, so scores. Eat up, boys. We need a score. Zero to ten. Same as the bar school bar stool's pizza scale. You can have decimals. To how many places? This fucking guy. <laughs> um, slightly cold. That may be our fault. <laughs> it is to go. And they probably had it ready at like 7 o'clock. So, because we did wait last time. I'm a fan because normally I feel like when you put any sort of like barbecue sauce on something, it just overwhelms the whole dish. But it's a nice balance here. I may be... Oh, there's a chunk of chicken. I'm going to tailor on this. The barbecue sauce is not overwhelming. It just adds flavor. Good barbecue sauce, too. Mm-hmm. Doesn't taste like... um, Just like stock barbecue sauce you went and bought at Weig- Wegmans, right? It's got actual flavor. I'm curious to know if it is a home, like a homemade barbecue sauce that they whip something together. Because they have a golden barbecue sauce there. Is that for the wings or something? uh, Wings, pulled pork, also phenomenal. I'm going eight three on this. This this is really good. This is better than this is better than the one we did last month. I'm going eight three. I think this is rock solid. Last month was lasagna. Hmm. If you don't mind me interjecting, I was going to say right as soon as I put it in my mouth, I already knew it was going to be an eight. It's really good, but I'm just not big on barbecue stuff. So I'm really impressed with it, but it's just not my, up my alley. So I say flat eight for me. Was it one bite or one plate? <clears throat> Isn't that the same thing for you? <laughs> yeah, pretty close. I'm going eight, seven. That's huge. Huge. That's moving the bar up. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely near the top. Okay. I love barbecue, first of all, so. The barbecue sauce is very good. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice flavor. The chicken itself is not as noticeable as I would have liked. I'm going... Uh, Needs more chicken? Yes. Yes. I can see that. I'm only putting this slightly ahead of last month, so I'm going 7.7. If I had to choose between the two, I would take this one. That's why it's above. Last yeah. week you did 7.6? Seven, 7.5. Seven, 7.5, five, okay. 
Seven seven for me. So you got eight three. You got eight. You went eight seven? Yeah. Bold move. That's a very bold move. It'll be hard to beat for you. Yeah. I know. Hey. It's seven seven. Seven seven. Okay. I know it's a long way off, but I remember seeing when they shared they had a Thanksgiving mac and cheese in like November time. I wish they'd bring that back as a seasonal thing. So like an early six months from Thanksgiving, like, you know, because they've got the whole meal on top of it and it looks wonderful. I'll be honest with you. The best I've had for the Mac of the month, my favorite, I don't say the best, but the, my favorite is they did a breakfast Mac one time. Ooh. I think it had like bacon and sausage and like syrup drizzle on it. They bring that back out. It might be over there once a week. That sounds delicious. It's, yeah. So yeah, that's good Mac. I like that one. That's totally worth go get it go get it tell them the boys at three-star recruits sent you get the mac of the month i know it's the end of the month we got to change that up but tell them we sent you you'll probably get no discount <laughs> but we appreciate it you know what i bet you they could make that for you if you just walked in and said hey can you do a i don't think it's probably not that hard for them to mix that up no i would think they could you think they'll make a whole thanksgiving dinner for me that no no that's a big no no Nobody, no baker carries cranberry all year long. Yeah. Ugh, I pass on that anyway. The Thanksgiving oh. one doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> well, you just said you wanted it, and it's got cranberry on it. That's the only part I didn't want. <laughs> you can just probably ask to not have that. That's not part of it. Yeah, go go all in or don't go. The way it comes out of the can looking like the can is just disturbing to me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Mac. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Moonies. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, look forward to another one. But, yeah, go check them yeah. out. They got good sandwiches there, too. They got good wings, I believe. I'm not. I usually don't get it. Usually when I go to Mooney's, I'm like, I need some mac and cheese. It's hard not to. Yeah. That's what they're known for. Mac and cheese and burgers. That's all I've ever had. Yep. It's like, going, it's like going to Red Lobster and ordering a cheeseburger. You don't do it. <laughs> you know? Do they have cheeseburgers at Red Lobster? I don't know. Maybe the kid's menu. <laughs> yeah. well, no one said we, what menu he's ordering off of. <laughs> we should come up with our own special of the month. Some month where it doesn't have anything crazy going on. I have like the... <laughs> Ooh, the three-star three recruit meal of the month or something. I like this. Me too. Maybe come up with a concoction that they put together. Are you listening close, Brian? He probably is. I'm going to send him this. There we go. I like that. Yeah. We could probably, yeah. <laughs> it could be a meal, the, the meal of the month. Hold like on, the, emphysema kid over there. Yeah, I know. Did you start smoking this week <laughs> or something, Jesus dude? Christ. This morning. Jeez. All right. All right, let's get into the uh, the topic sign while everyone stares at the mac and cheese. Our friends at Mooney's over here. Um you guys want to start football or UFC? Because let's, get, let's get football all the way because I feel like we've been so football focused the last couple months. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, Green Bay in Tampa. Um, your guys' thoughts? Did the, did the game go how you thought it was going to? No. no. Uh, meaning you thought Green Bay would win? Yeah. I'm not surprised Tampa won. I'm, I'm not surprised, but I thought Green Bay would handle it offensively. But Tampa's Tampa's defense. Tampa I think has a stout defense. Their their defense has definitely come along. Definitely playing yeah. better. Um, yeah, I didn't. Um, I wasn't necessarily leaning one way or the other, assumption wise. But I'm not at all surprised by the outcome. I guess. Um, Tom Brady is some of the stats. Now that he's in the Super Bowl, you see all these weird stats floating around social media about yep. the number of Super Bowls he's been in. It, it really is crazy when you Tenth, think about those it? stats. Yep. Yeah, 10 of 21. I think the the craziest one I saw 
for his career, I don't remember the exact percentage. It's like 46% of the years he's been in the Super Bowl. So he's more likely to be in a Super Bowl than in Steph- any given season yeah. <laughs> than Steph Curry is to make a three-point shot. Because Steph Curry's career, three-point percentage is like 43%. 43%, yeah. Which is damn good. Mm-hmm. Sure is. So. That is crazy. That's a good stat. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think you, ta- you said last week how you thought, you know, at least the top four or the top four best teams were in the in the yeah. conference finals. Um, you know, maybe five, whatever you want to say. But so it's not too surprising the outcome. I don't know. So I think that, and I don't want to take. I'm not going to try. This is. I want to sound like I'm taking anything away from Brady. Um, he made. He's. He's just. He's been Brady. It's hard to like ignore that fact. Mm-hmm. I do think there is a part of this game though that was handed handed to them by Green Bay. I felt like one of the touchdowns, like they they fumbled the ball inside the ten, was it or something like that, both, or inside the twenty? Both um, the turnover, well, turnover at the end of the half, and then they threw that touchdown. That was, was a stupid big. play on Tampa's part. Yeah, on Tampa's part or Green Bay's part. <clears throat> or Green Bay's Green part, Bay. yeah, yeah. And then uh, Aaron Jones fumbled the beginning of half, right inside the like on the twenty. Well, he fumbled like at the thirty or whatever, but yeah, they returned it to inside the, the, the ten, yeah, right around the ten right. somewhere. So that uh-huh. that was big. Turnovers were big, and even, even though. Brady threw three interceptions. And the one half. Right. And one half. Uh, and even, I felt like, I felt the difference in that game was not just a turnover. Because if it was the difference in the game was a turnover, then Green Bay, you know, they potentially could have, right? Points off turnovers. Mm-hmm. Green Bay got three interceptions in the second half and got six points off them, and that's it. Like, I feel like you got Aaron Rodgers out there and he just... That's, I mean, credit to Tampa Bay's defense, but that was a big difference in the game. But that turnover, I felt like they even recovered well from that first turnover in the second half. To, to be the big thing was that touchdown at the end of the first. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. You can't give that up, right? The one to was it Scotty Miller? Yeah, yeah. Fourth down, eight seconds left. I'm just going to throw it to the end zone. Yeah, I mean, that, what else was he going to do? Right. It was very clear. So yeah, yeah. So and, and I texted you guys. Um, I thought Rogers' decision making was off. A um, couple passes. Um, I think there was one on third and five. Kyle and I talked about it yesterday on the on the DFS units podcast. Uh, it was like third and five, and Aaron Jones ran a drag route across the middle. Instead of hitting him in the middle of the field, he waited till he got all the way across the hashes, and as soon as he caught it, he got hit. If he throws it to him, you know, in the middle of the field, which was open at the time when they showed mm-hmm. the replay. He has time to make a move because it was like third and five. Right. The only thing I can think of is, was it a check down? It, and that, uh, right, that's what we don't know. I don't know what his progressions were. Yeah. I know the one pass he missed to Adams in the end zone. Yep. Uh, Lazard, I believe, was coming across the middle. Nobody on him. Yep. Underneath the route, and he was wide open on the goal line. I think the big thing for me was, at the end of that game, couple things happened. The talk Monday was, did LaFleur make the right decision to kick the field goal? Um, I would say no. I'd say they'll talk about that for a long time. Yeah. I So I saw the like the fourth quarter. I was watching with my dad. So we went over, I was over there to watch the Bills game. And, uh, yeah, we both immediately looked at each other. Like, why, why are they not going for it here? You got to – You literally I, have – Give got, me the MVP, right? Yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers down on uh, – they're with, inside the five, right? Eight-yard line. Eight. Okay, eight. And – uh, yeah, to me, you to me, you take the chance on the touchdown there because they needed another score. But 
let's say you couldn't march down a field, you could still attempt a 45-yard field goal, whereas you're more likely to hit that than a 45-yard Hail Mary. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was shocked at the time that they didn't go for and it. And, obviously, you know you got Brady on the other side. <clears throat> Hard to stop him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to look. If you have someone else on the other side, then maybe that's the right decision because your defense yep. can stop him. But you got Brady on the other side yep. much harder. And, and even the play before that. That's what sticks out to me. Rodgers. On the third down play. Rodgers had, in. Yeah. He had a, even if he Even if he couldn't get in, he runs that to the <clears throat> yeah. two or the three. Yes. Instead of trying to force that one into a and double you, team. And you dash. definitely go for it. Right, yeah. If you're down inside yeah. the five, you're definitely going for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what he was – because he. it's not like he doesn't run ever. He definitely runs. So mm-hmm. um, so he – obviously there were questions about that after the game, kind of like you mentioned, and he didn't He didn't sound too happy about – Aaron Rodgers, I know they just lost, so of course he's not happy. But he clearly had some thoughts in his head and didn't want to throw anyone under the bus, but he was not a happy man. He was on McAfee today. It's, he, he did come he on the show. He showed up to McAfee they today. They didn't know if he was coming, and he texted McAfee like three minutes before he usually comes on. He says, I'm in. And he came on the show. And, and he he's like, I was questions. never not in. I, I planned on coming today. Um, he made some really valid points today, too. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Like, McAfee, or I'm sorry, Rogers doesn't like the media. He he hates most of the media because they just they ask stupid questions. He's got to rehash shit, and he just, yeah. you know, like he, he kind of hinted at today, like, I'm coming to media 15 minutes after I just lost. You know, I got half of my team, you know, we're yeah. crying in the locker room, we're upset, our season's over. Yeah, that's... And you're asking me questions like this. So one of the questions was about his future, and he said, I didn't say anything that I haven't said in the past. Because I stated a fact for anybody that's ever played in the league and knows this. This is a business where there is no certainties. There is no guarantees. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the future holds for me. He goes... How do I know they're not going to come to me and basically say, oh, we're going to move on from you? He doesn't know. He's like, I don't know that. Do I? He goes, do I, am I coming back? Yeah, I'm coming back. I don't plan on leaving unless something crazy happens. And Green Bay would look absolutely stupid if they traded or got rid of Aaron Rodgers after he wins an MVP and you, you go to two straight NFC championship games. So he kind of cleared the air on that because ESPN was eating that shit up Monday and Tuesday about him leaving. He's going to go someplace else. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you still got three years left on your contract. You're probably going to win the MVP. They're not getting rid of you. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I would, for a Green Bay's sake, I think they need to, and Rickett's going to get talked about because when it gets close to the draft after what they did last year. I want to ask you guys, where do you think Green Bay needs to make improvements? Because the experts on ESPN this morning, I won't name names, claim that Green Bay needs a wide receiver. And I'm like, we just had Devontae Adams on TV last week before the game, who is, Adams is probably one of the, if one of, if not the best. So you can make an argument for either him or Diggs, right? Being the best wide receiver in the league. He was on TV saying that they felt disrespected that that was a conversation. Like, oh, why didn't they draft a wide receiver? And he's like, we got MVS. We got, you know, uh, Lazard. He goes, I thought our guy stepped up this year. And I, I did too. I mean, I felt like, and then you got Rodgers throwing you the ball. Right. Right. You have very, you have three very good receivers there. And I do believe they have a, they have at least one good tight end. Yeah, yeah, Tunyon's there. Tunyon, so. yeah. So I don't think they need to make – they don't need to give Rodgers another weapon, right? I think the, the problem there is you have to go back and look at the numbers, look at the stats. Green Bay really didn't have an issue putting up points this year. What they had a problem with was their defense and special teams was terrible at times. Yeah, and going back to your question about the draft, I would go 
defensive line or linebacker. I forget which guys stand up and go down for them with Williams and Preston Smith and those guys. But I would definitely go front seven for them. Defensive side of the ball at least, yeah. right? Yeah, I think you got a defensive side. They definitely struggled this year um, on that side. Yeah. but And you can get – if you want a receiver, you can go second or third round, fourth round, and get at least a guy that can step in and be your – Third, fourth. third or fourth receiver. Right. Um, and maybe they go running back. I think Aaron Jones is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. I think One, someone's possible. a free agent in the backfield. Um, so potentially go running back. I don't know. Or do they pay Aaron Jones and keep him? <laughs> right. But another another point that Rogers brought up is teams are going to make a lot of tough decisions this year because so the salary cap is expected to drop to $175 million, go down $25 million. So there's some guys that are – are getting paid that might not be on teams next year. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought his interview today was good. Like on McAfee, he was just very like he, he felt he looked like himself. He was he just like he always around does. And, he basically said like I enjoy coming on the show, and he made he made a reference to uh, I don't need to hash it out on Wednesday again with the douchebags. Yeah, is what he said. Like. <laughs> I just think you can just tell he just it's, it's annoying probably for some of those guys some of the questions they get and he's like I can come on here and be myself and that's traditional sports media in general that's not yeah. that's nothing really unique to him you listen to any post game especially in the playoffs local newspapers things of that nature they they all ask dumb repetitive right. questions all right let's move on to our bills um. A very somber Monday morning. It's tough. Yep. Uh, but the more I thought about it, I did. I wrote like a little blog, kind of wrote down my thoughts and feelings, like I was trying to get back an ex girlfriend out uh, on the website about the Bills this season. I don't know. Did you get a chance to read it yet? No, I still didn't. Uh, just kind of didn't. You know, something I thought of. I thought I'd throw it out there, so it's out there. But I think Roger said it best today. He said, "It's so raw right now. Right? You just lost." That's not your end. Your end goal is clearly to win, and you get that close. He said it's so raw right now. He goes, and that sadness and rawness is going to wear off into appreciation and pride. You look back and say, that was really good what we accomplished today. You're going to look back on the good things. He's like, that eventually gets there. Then you get into, you know, you get motivated again. But he's like, it's going to take a few days for this one to wear off. And I think we saw that yesterday in press conferences with some of the Bills players I watched that it probably sucked. Probably, and it's got to suck. I mean, you did a lot of things this year that organization hasn't done in years or at all. Right. And you got an unbelievably fan base behind you. I mean, you still had fans showing up to the, the airport at 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. waiting for you to come back after you just lost. <clears throat> I mean, it's incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you figure with playoffs, they went, what, 15 and 4. Yeah, 15 games this year. Yeah. I mean, they're going to win the second most to, games in the league. It's hard to be upset with that. Yeah. So. You just, as a fan, you hope it's not a, you know, a one-year thing. You hope they're back next year and in contention. And It feels that way. It just feels like steady growth. It doesn't yeah. feel like it was a flash in the pan to me. I mean, I, I can't, sitting here, I can't come up with any reason why they won't be back. So, and yeah. quite frankly, we might see this Buffalo-Kansas City, you know, rivalry, I guess I'll say, in the playoffs for quite a few years to come. I was going to say, this could be a five- to ten-year thing, and yeah. Buffalo's got to go to KC again next year. Yes, yep. they did mention um, Because they both finished first in the con- in their division, so they will play again next year. Um, 
So we're we're going to see it for years to come. It's going to be similar to that Colts Patriots we saw every year with yeah. with Manning and Brady. Yep. I think yeah. that's what it's going to become. Yep. Um, we're going to see it a lot in the playoffs. So yep. I'm I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be fun. Yeah, fun to be a part of that. Kansas City is they're one of those teams I don't really you know hate any of their players for any reason. In fact, like Mahomes, I'm I'm a fan of his the way he plays and. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Just one guy in that team I don't like. Care to elaborate? Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, me too off, after that performance. Off-field off and on-field. Adam and I talked about a little bit Monday. I, I, Mahomes is a good player, yeah. His, his fucking fiance annoys me more than anything. He makes me dislike him a little bit. Maybe the brother a little more. That too, like just the shit they post on social media, and like even yeah. even I don't follow them, it just pops up. Saying, and I'm like, I pay no attention. It still like comes up, and I'm like, why is this? Why is this in my feed? Uh, I think the thing the other day was, and I hate to give the guy credit, but Stephen A. was right. And yeah, Mahomes is a good player, right? And he's a very good quarterback. But the thing that got overlooked and Stephen A. brought up is, yes, Mahomes is very good, but nobody's giving credit to the guys out there, you know, Sunday night that were literally his weapons. I mean, the Kelsey thing, that was Bill's defense partially their fault. Kelsey's a great tight end, but he's also even better when no one guards him. Right. Like, you let him run wild into the middle and just stand there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard to... Yeah. I disagree that nobody's given those weapons credit. I think we've heard about that for the last 10 weeks, about well, Kelsey was, was on a run for he was maybe being the first tight end. Ever lead. He was giving people on set. A hard time. He, Stephen A. was giving those because they're knowing all the everyone was talking. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I'm a, I I left that out. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The people who were there and talking about it, it was like Mahomes, okay. Mahomes, Mahomes, right. and he was like, "Time out!" Like, okay. Mahomes right. didn't throw any bombs last night. He threw eight to ten yard passes that turned into sixty yards yeah. because you're throwing two yard slants to Tyreek Hill, who is unbelievably fast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's like, "You guys." We got to remember that. Like as much credit you're giving to Mahomes, like he has some weapons around yeah. him that make him even better. And we know Beasley was hurt, but as far as we know, Josh Allen's arm strength. There's times I wish the Bills would play that game, throw the little ten yard slants to Beasley and Knox, and let them pick up, you know, fifteen to twenty. Did you know saw Sorry. Beasley yet? Hurt, hurt is Did an he, understatement. Yeah, <laughs> broken, broken. Yeah. Was it his fibula? Or Fib- something fibula. Like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he broke so, it week week sixteen. Yeah, yeah. he'll probably put some good music out while he's on his downtime, though. So that's all, all right by me. <laughs> yeah. So as far as in that game, yeah, as far as the Bills go, yeah, you've got to you, you can't leave Kelsey uncovered. And if he he's going to make catches, he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah. But you've got to be there to tackle him right away. But I do kind of wish the Bills sometimes would mimic that a little bit. And, and I do too. Let's hit Beasley a little more in the slot and. So they said that uh, this year the Bills were the worst defense against tight ends it's because their defense is built around not giving up the big play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which they did. I mean, that's what they did. But yeah. um, I also think the Bills struggled for whatever reason, whether it was the Bill play calling or Kansas City's defense, the wide receivers could not get open. It felt like Josh, he was scrambling, and he had nowhere to throw the ball yeah. in most of that game. Guys just weren't open. Yeah. It's going to sound like an excuse, but I don't want it to be. If you watch Kansas City's defensive backs all year, they grab all the time, which I don't know if we were texting or my my buddies were in my other group. We, when Trey White got called for the penalty in the end zone, 
I mean, what do you, you know, what are you supposed to do to Kelsey? They were both, you know, yeah. pushing each other and yeah. stuff, but they weren't calling that all game. And then you do call it. So there, there is, and people have mentioned it before, but Casey's defensive backs are kind of known for kind of grabbing more. They were talked to during the game. Yeah. They, they said they, a referee took uh, Matthew, Matthew and, over to the defensive coordinator and made, they talked to him about it. But yeah. it didn't make a difference. No, like, no. They, they're definitely known for grabbing because there's no way you can have four defensive backs that tight on everyone the entire game. The difference it's kind of hard to believe with how good the Bills yeah. receivers have been all year. The problem with, with Trey White was he's not he's not knocking. When I was texting you guys, I mean, he needs someone needs to knock him at the line, not give him that free up. Just yeah. just ignore the fact he's on the line. Trey White was like in the end zone, like hugging him. Yeah. When, so when I what you I, you did text us and say said something like that, like yeah, of course they called on a Trey there, which. Um, Maybe I hadn't paid enough, close enough attention to Kansas City's defensive backs specifically for that reason. But when they showed the Trey White replay of that penalty, when I see that, I'm like, man, that's clearly a penalty. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I don't get that because they always said, like, the defense player has their position too. And Kelsey obviously ran directly at him. So it's hard to say, like, I mean, what's Trey White supposed to do too, right? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. like, well, fall over? I guess, You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, in my opinion, yeah, you kind of, like, setting a screen of basketball. Whereas Trey wrapped his arms around him and right. hugged him instead. Yeah. So try to do the other thing, sell it like you pushed off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to. If you keep your arms down and he runs over you, then maybe you get the call. But yeah. as soon as you wrap your arms around him, it's. My my thing is, is like, I wish guys. That's what made Dion so good, right? Dion got in your face at the line, and as soon as the ball got snapped, he mm-hmm. probably either hit you in the chest or hit you in the shoulder to get your timing off. Yeah. And I watched, I watched Tredavious the other night. It was like a third down play. And he was within like four or five yards. It might have been Hill. And then right before the ball snaps, he just dropped. He dropped straight back. He was behind the first down. And Mahomes just turned around and like threw it to Tyreek at the first down mark. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, I, I don't think that's Trey, though. I think that's the defensive scheme. It could be. But at the same time, like, I understand you're protecting the big play. And it probably is part of that. Yeah, because Trey's not right. Trey's not going to keep up with Tyreek. Nobody is. Right. So, but the best thing to do to Tyreek is to bust him in the mouth of the line. Right. Where you're allowed to do that. And so I agree and disagree because the defense, and this goes back to defensive line, even though you knocked them off their route, nobody was even coming close to Mahomes. So, no. you, I mean, you could throw off the timing a little bit, but guys are still going to get open because no one's getting to him, rushing yeah. him. So, mm-hmm. which I think leads to potentially the draft or someone made a comment, do you? Try to make a big splash like you did Diggs last offseason and bring in a big guy, a defensive lineman or an edge rusher. Yeah. So I'm going to be sounding really biased here because you guys know why. But I read this. I was watching Dan's live stream before this. And everyone's like, well, why don't they cut Mario? Mario led the team in sacks. He's tied for first in sacks on the team. And outside of any anybody in the secondary, also for any like lineman, he led the team in passes deflected at the line. Mm-hmm. So that's not um, to me. That's not the guy. You get, that's not the guy. No, I, I would look at Jefferson. He, maybe Quentin Jefferson. I mean, they're paying him nine or ten. Are they? Yeah, and I think Vernon Butler is getting roughly around there too. I've even I mentioned it last year. What about like do you do you, do you uh, move on from Jerry Hughes? I never. I, I mean, Jerry Hughes. Like when his move works, he's got one move. Right? He's yeah. like the guy on the dance floor does the dice thing too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he he hits the corner. He lowers his shoulder and tries to get under the defender. And nine times out of ten, when Jerry Hughes rushes, he's on the ground. 
trying to get a sack. He's literally on the ground when the play's over because he's diving for her legs. And I think they maybe got him to stop doing that when they played Baltimore because the edge guys did their job. Like, they made sure, like, when they got so far into the pocket, don't get too far because, them, you know what I mean, you got to help if yep. Lamar tries to bust it up the middle. So, yeah, I think that was my next question, you guys. Where, do you, where, do you, where are they going to draft? Where do you think the Bills go in the draft? Because we were texting the other night, and I really think their priority should be running back. Yeah, I mean, I guess at, at 30, because they are picking 30th, you take best available. Yeah, at, so, at 30, you have you, such it, a crapshoot at that, that point. That late, you got to take, you know, yeah. if there's, I'm going to throw out Travis Etienne there from Clemson. If he's there at 30, do you take him? Is Najee Harris there? I don't know if he lasts that long. Right. Um, or do you just go pass rusher? You know, edge rusher, do you try to get some off season? Yeah. I don't think Milano's going to be back. And if you have to choose, I'm probably not signing Milano. Um, Long term, I would rather have Edmonds over Milano, I think. Uh, But. Yeah, I think Milano's going to ask for more money than he's probably worth. He's a good run. He's a good linebacker. He also comes with health issues, right? Right. I feel like every year he somehow gets hurt. And- you think Edmonds is what, 22? He's very young. Yeah. 21. He just wrong. seems like the opposite of what you would have said. Yeah, you normally don't like you Edmonds. You hated Edmonds. Edmonds. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Edmonds pissed me off the other night. But I don't know if it was because he was hurt. He he definitely played better the last, you know, six weeks of the season. He's, and he's fast. Yeah, he was frustrating me the other night because I'm like, he was the one guy that wasn't making reads of, like, guys going across the middle, and there's Kelsey well, wide open. It's part of that, too, because he's not a, he's not a true middle linebacker. He's an outside linebacker, so I think they need to bring a true middle, middle linebacker. Well, that's the other thing, too, is Buffalo only usually runs two linebackers. Right. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, but I'm not putting A.J. Klein in the middle. No, but you, they, I, I mean, I was saying it for a long time. I think I said at the draft last year, Buffalo needs a linebacker. Well, right, and a lot of it could depend on Leslie Frazier there next year. Is mm, he done? I hope he's gone. I do, too. But after, if you watch it, if Houston watches that videotape, he's not going to Houston. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to – I think he's gone. I really do. And I think that could be a good thing. I've never been a huge fan of Dabble. I, I, I mean, I dogged the guy a lot last year. I thought the playing calling improved this year. I still felt like at times inside the 20, even though the Bills had good good production in the red zone, I think some of that too was Josh's feet. But I think at times, like, his play calling, like, they get to that point and it just stalls out. Yeah, there's some. There's times he's very aggressive, and then there's times it's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, it, it makes no sense. There was times Sunday night when I, they would show the replay and they go back and it pan out, show the play. We got three wide receivers running streak routes. I'm like, this looks like last year, <laughs> right? I mean, you got three yeah. guys. I mean, that, that's not hard to guard. And and I don't know if Dable was part of the reason. Obviously, we saw at the beginning of the year the Bills struggled in the third quarter. Of games, yeah, they got obviously they were hot in the first half and then just went real conservative and then that changed. I don't know what maybe like the Chargers game somewhere in there yeah. when the kind of the win yeah. streak started, but I don't know if that was is it Dale? I don't know what the I don't is it Josh Allen checking out of plays? I you know who knows, but I would say it's got to be Dabble with play calling. But I I thought he was much better this year, so it's better this I, year. I'm, than gl- last I'm year. glad he's going to be back. If they grow on, if they make another growth like they did last this year, I would, yes, I agree. I think it also is better that he's in the booth calling place where he can see the field. Yeah. Oh, that helps tremendously. He's not on the sidelines, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know. I'd make some motions about Dabble. I mean, yeah, they got this far this year. I hope they can grow on that. Players love him, right? So that's that's a good start. Yep. To growing is that they they have confidence in him and he has confidence in them. I guess that's a good start. You don't have to rebuild a relationship. Right. Defensively, I think they need some help with the linebacker for sure. I know they say Star's coming back next year. Yep. But is he getting paid a lot of money? Uh, like 12, 13. Okay. I mean, he was, they, he, they truly need someone in the middle. Oliver's not big enough in the NFL. College, he was very good inside, but I don't think he's truly big they enough. They brought that, someone brought that up today too. Like, do you move at, do you move Ed opposite of Mario? But it's like, is he going to be out of his comfort zone on the edge? I, I don't know. Yeah. Epineza, I don't know. He was hit and miss this year. He's more of a linebacker, isn't he? Yeah. He, well, linebacker? yeah. He's not big. Yeah. He's not. He, he's very thin and I don't know, just looks like a lanky guy. Yeah playing defensive end because he's quick which in college works right it yeah. doesn't work it doesn't work in the nfl yeah because yeah everybody's as big as you in the nfl um so yeah i think that i think their priority needs to be running back or like you guys said whatever you got out there at 30 do that but uh nothing against singletary i think you know he's at times <clears throat> flashes of brilliance but consistently like my frustration with Singletary is Josh will look to throw to him when there's nothing else out on the field, and Singletary drops a ball all the time, that, like half the time. That play, that play on Sunday changed that entire game. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I felt the momentum swing there. <clears throat> I mean, now and nowadays in the NFL, especially with a quarterback who likes to throw, I mean, you have to have a, a receiver who can catch the ball. So that's half the reason, like Elvin Kamara. Right. And New Orleans has been so successful successful the last few years. He he probably gets more catches than rush attempts sometimes, yeah. some games. Absolutely. And Singletary's inability to catch a ball is not good. And the Bills, I think as good as Josh is, he could be a whole lot better if they had a running attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if they if they can work in some more play action. Yeah, and you it, know Kansas City went in that game and it was like, well, they ran their first 20 plays last week and ran four rush or, or didn't run a rushing play, right? Yeah. First, like, 19, 20 plays. Yeah. So what do you what do you go in and guard against? You yeah. they they clearly don't have confidence in a running game either. Yeah, my buddy tech or put a bet on Singletary under nine and a half carries. I was like, oh, that's a good bet. And then they gave him the ball like six times in the first quarter. And I was like, oh, but <laughs> like, and then they didn't give it to him again because they were down. But I want to know why they didn't use Freeman. They signed Devontae Freeman on yeah. the practice squad. Yeah, I don't know. Kenny Stills didn't play the other night. I was I was surprised they for putting. I don't know if was he active for the game. Yeah, so, so I was surprised that they made him active, and then Gabe didn't. Even, I think he was out there. I was. I kept like looking to see because I knew he was active, but he didn't play much until the fourth quarter. But I, so, I heard he was out, and that's why they activated Kenny Stills. Yeah, so somebody put a stat out. Davis was on the field for one play through three quarters. Yeah, I don't know why he just didn't play. St- I mean that's. Probably makes it easier to guard the pass, too. And just another quick note on the Bills, I would get rid of John Brown. I have been. I said that a few weeks ago. For nine, ten million. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Diggs, you have Diggs, Beasley, Davis, and you can bring someone else in. McKenzie's growing. Yeah. He's definitely a weapon out there. No, I said that a few weeks ago. I think we talked about, you know, what do you do with, when he was hurt? I'm like, I just feel like, I feel like they're going to get rid of him because they have Beasley now. They have Diggs that does the deep routes and – were yeah, you a fan yeah. of Brown in the first half of the season, though? I don't have I have nothing against Brown. I just I felt like once we they started having success, 
I mean, he was the one receiver last year, right, for the Bills. It was like him and Beasley was really anybody yet. They didn't have weapons. And then once we started seeing what was going on between Josh and Diggs. Just overshadowed it, right? Kind of, but then he gets hurt. I feel like he gets hurt a lot. I mean, it's not really necessarily his fault, I guess, but at the same time, like, he seems to have he's injury prone. But then what, what you had, you had, I felt like you can, guys jump in on this. Diggs doing what he should have been doing, right? And then once he's doing that, now you got Beasley doing the things he should have been doing that made him good, and that's running, like Russ said, short slant routes to, over the middles because he, he catches almost everything you throw at him. So mm-hmm. he started playing the role that he's used to playing, and then <clears throat> they brought in Gabriel Davis who showed signs of, like, this kid's kind of a mid, mid-receiver. mid He can run the deep route, he can run the shallow route. He can kind of like a hybrid. And like Adam said, for the money, do you keep John Brown or do you get rid of him and get something back for him? Sort of made him obsolete. Especially with salary cap dropping, I think he'll be one that's probably on. And he's been in the league. Oh, I'm going to make this up probably, but I'm going to guess almost 10 years now. He was in Arizona probably for four or five, Baltimore for one or two, and then now he's been in Buffalo for two years. So he's he's Close. pushing almost 10 years in the league probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's – I, I mean, that I, I was one of my things. I told Allie one day, I'm like, I think John Brown's done. I just, for the money and the things he can do. Just. He played four years for Arizona, two for Buffalo, and one for Baltimore. Okay, so so he's going on his eighth year. Yeah. Which isn't. It's not a ton. It's not a ton, but at the same time, it's not, I don't know, average receiver is probably in the league like seven years. You got to definitely evaluate like for the money. Right. Yeah, that's what, that, I think that's a big reason for me. It's the $10 million If salary cap's dropping, it's. Yeah, I would do it. So, yeah. So I can tell you, I, I can tell this now. I can tell the story. I can tell you that uh, from personal experience that Mario was pumped to come back next year. I talked to Mario Addison, and by talk to him, I had dinner with him last Wednesday night that I couldn't talk about, but I can now. So, uh, as real as they come, man, extremely down to earth. Um, probably not what most people expect out of a guy that plays defensive end for the NFL, but. Extremely nice guy. Oh, he was cool as hell, and he loves Buffalo. He does. He just he was telling me stories. He's like, I just he goes, I hear the stories about the fans. I can't wait. I can't wait to experience that. I hope we get a full stadium next year. My neighbors love me. He goes, they shovel my damn driveway like every morning. <laughs> he's like, it's it's. He goes, it's it grew on me. I like it up here because people are great. Fans are unbelievable. So you know? that's what a lot of people are right there. Oh, I'm gonna go to Buffalo. Obviously, the franchise has definitely turned around, just the organization. But then they get, they're like, eh, I don't know about the city and everything. And then they get up there and they love it. Yeah. Right. A lot, a lot of the old players haven't left. They're still there. Yeah. 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 Like the Jim Kelly's, Thurman Thomas's, those guys. Yeah. He doesn't live in the city. I can tell you that. Right. I don't, not many do. Right. There's plenty of it. And I thought about that too. What about, what about some of these guys? I was trying to think about them, like, like for Philly, for example. Like, do a lot of these players live out in the suburbs? Because he's 10 minutes, like, Mario's 10 minutes from the stadium getting to practice, right? And he lives out in a nice neighborhood. It's close. There's there's things around, right? You can eat and do all those things. Living like, Philly, like, if you live in the suburbs, you're not really close to the stadium. It's a 40-minute drive. Oh, at least. There's nothing like... Shit, right? I, Russ and I told the story once. We went to a baseball game. It took, like, three hours to get there. Yeah, 20 <laughs> miles. Yeah. That's no joke. So, I mean, it's, Chicago's the same way. Yeah. Stafford lives about a half an hour from uh, Ford Field, so same idea there, too. Yes. Just far out in the suburbs. Like, there's not a good spot to be downtown there, obviously, so everybody's forced to be far away. 
Right. So the draw there, yes. I could see being tough to. I to heard today, there. Stafford's house is really nice. <laughs> there was rumors. There's there's a there's, there's a basketball court with the Detroit Pistons logo on the house and everything. It's really nice. I mean, it's not Kid Rock's, but it's probably pretty nice. Well, Kid Rock. Maybe Kid Rock can buy that one too because Stafford's moving out of town, pal. <laughs> Finally. That's the rumors. Fa- no, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think you know what you have with Stafford. Stafford is not the issue in Detroit. He, he was wasted there. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that, but I just feel like they kept trying to put variables together with him that weren't working out. So. They didn't put good variables. Yeah. They yeah, never right. had you're never right had there. they never had a running game ever. They Plus, just tried to pick up receivers and everyone. Obviously, Calvin Johnson retired really early. They've been running running games with Barry Sanders. Right, but I think that was a little before yeah, Stafford's time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since he left. But, yeah, I mean, in receiving-wise, he's really had Megatron. That's all he's ever – Galladay's kind of stepped up, but I believe he's a free agent now, so I don't know. Yeah. I actually, I had, a question, I had a couple questions for you guys. So the rumor is Indy yep. for Stafford. Some said New England, but with Matt Patricia going back there, I don't think Stafford's yeah. going to want to go back yeah. there. Rumors they didn't like each other. Wouldn't shock me. Right. Wouldn't shock me at all. So what's your question? So here we go. We got uh like nine or ten here. Cute two QBs, you choose one in their prime. Some of these guys obviously way past their prime, not in the league anymore. Some of these guys probably haven't hit their prime yet. So just quick answer. No other variable. Just right. pick in, the QB. In their these prime, are, who would you take? Wait, these are like you're putting them uh against each other. Correct. Okay. All right, first one: Russell Wilson or Drew Brees. Uh, and if you guys, and if you guys have different answers, then I'll I'll decide it. Russell Wilson, Brees. I would go Russell Wilson. Peyton or Brady. Uh, Peyton. Probably Peyton. Oh, all right. On the same, yeah. All right, we don't want to debate it. But. Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. Josh. Yeah. Fitz or Tua? Fitz. I mean, Tua's young, but... Yeah, that's the one that's tough to answer. Tua's nowhere near his prime. Yeah. So we don't know what he's going to be like. I think I would take Tua prime. If I if I was on the Dolphins right now, I would choose Tua. Right. Going forward for the next couple of years. Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? I'm risking Jalen Hurts. I'm risking that as well. Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers? In their prime. In their prime. Ooh. This I think this is a, this is a good one. Um, just I got to debate a little bit. I just want to make make my points. I think Cam was very good in his prime, healthy with a good system at Carolina. I think all around quarterback, just being able to throw the ball and read defenses, Philip Rivers, but Philip never really had great weapons around him. So what's your answer, Philip? I agree with all that. Um, in their prime, healthy in Carolina, I'm taking Cam Newton. I'm with Ross. It, prime, healthy, I'm taking Cam all day over Rivers. <clears throat> His throwing was good enough, and he could run the ball a million times better than right. Rivers. Yep. Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford? Ooh, boy. Uh, it, we just talked about, I mean, Stafford, I mean, he just... So this is where I hypothetically, if I transplant Stafford into Atlanta six years ago, are they better off than they have been the last six years? 
I'm going to say Stafford. I think Stafford's uh, very talented. It just yeah, I I, th- I lean towards Stafford for some reason also. Yeah, so I lean that way. Matt Ryan obviously gets sacked a ton. He does not move well. Mm-hmm. Stafford, I mean Stafford doesn't move well, but he's more mobile than Matt Ryan is. Yep. Um, Rogers or Mahomes? Uh I'm going to make the assumption Mahomes is not yet in his prime. Agreed. Right. And I believe he has a chance to go down as one of the best ever. So I will take Mahomes. I think, yes, I agree with Russ on that. I think so tough because Roger, I mean, Roger literally just had well, probably maybe the best year of his career, right? He's 37 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's tough. And, and the argument before the year was, Rodgers didn't have any wide receivers. And now we have three guys on that team that everyone knows who the wide receivers are. Yeah. That's my my only I don't know. I mean Mahomes is good. I just feel like uh I don't know, man. I it's Rodgers, right? Right. And just I just, I just know that I'd like to see Mahomes on a mediocre team. So to to Ross's point, I'm curious Obviously, I don't think any of us think he's in his prime yet. But how much, how much higher can he go? I mean, what else? You know what I mean? Like, what else can he do that even puts him up another level? Because I feel like he's already on that top level, right? Oh, hundred percent, he's on the top yeah. level. I mean, he's uh you know, he's about to play in his third straight Super Bowl. Right. If he plays in six straight, if he plays right. in. I mean, starting yeah, he if you, if you start two years ago, if he goes on a streak of playing in eight out of ten Super Bowls or something, right? It's hard not to throw him into that oh, conversation. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. Ever. I think he's I think he's a very good quarterback. There's a reason he was a, you know top ten pick or whatever. I think he went tenth, didn't he? He took the Bills. Mm, yeah, somewhere in there, ten, yeah, twelve, somewhere, somewhere there. Yeah. Uh, I also think the best thing that happened to him was when he got drafted. Didn't they then pick up Andy Reid his rookie year? I think, Reed, Reed already I think Reed was already, Reed was there. already there with Alex Smith. So, yeah, as good as he is, he's even better because he learned right from the beginning. It wasn't like he had something ingrained in him, got a new coach or something. Like, you know what I mean? He had. He came in, learned from some of the best, in my opinion, Yeah, scheme-wise, reading defenses. So, and nope. last one, Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I th- And I think Watson's, like, in his prime right now. I think Lamar's got a little bit to go. I think he's going to learn to throw the ball. He's going to have to. And he's, I believe I read today, he is very close to an extension. So. Yeah, the GM said that he should be in Baltimore for a very long time. Uh, yeah. Lamar in Baltimore is that situation where you can't you can't let him leave. It's right. similar to the Josh Allen in Buffalo situation. Yeah. Yep. You have to lock him up. You can't let him leave. By the way, uh one more last one last Bills thing. I thought this would piss you guys off. Thank you. Based on things this year, Max Kellerman said that he would take Russell Wilson over Josh Allen. Did he have criteria that he backed it up? With? Yeah. What, what would he? Because so the argument they were talking about, uh, they were talking about Lamar getting an extension, and he said there's seven quarterbacks I would take, and they put up this little graphic. There's seven quarterbacks I would take before. I took Lamar, and it was like Mahomes, 
Uh, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. Uh, I think five was Russell Wilson. Yeah, Josh Allen sixth. Like right now, he would take them this or? year. Yeah, like right now. Oh, like if you had to take, if you had to make a team going into next year for one year or going just forward? in general. Like, I'm not taking Rodgers or Brady if I'm going forward three years. But like, if you if you had to pick a quarterback right now, you said it would. I'm like, okay. We talked about Russell Wilson for like I, six, seven yeah, weeks. I would. If I got to go one one year next year, I probably would take Wilson over Allen. He's, I would. He's proven himself for a number of years. Maybe. Yes. Allen's had, he was very mediocre his first two years. Had a very good third year this year. But the hypothetical there is not, we're going the next year with his quarterback. He's saying right now, if he ranked his quarterbacks, the Lamar's not in his top seven. That he had Russell Wilson above Josh Allen. I don't. We have no reason to dislike Josh Allen. I don't think that. I don't think that statement's as ridiculous as you're making it sound. I just. I'm not saying it's ridiculous. I'm saying I wouldn't take. Oh, okay. I wouldn't well, take Russell. All right. Yeah. I think Russell had one of the best wide receivers in the league this year, and they didn't. Yeah, but so did Allen. Agreed. But Russell Wilson, like you said, has got more experience. Yeah. I mean, they literally fell on their ass the last half of the year. Right, but their defense struggled big time. Going yeah. down the stretch, so. But then they made the playoffs, right? Yeah, they lost to Rams. Rams. And they didn't, they didn't put up that many points, did they? No. Can't remember the score of that game. No, because Rams' defense shut them down. Yeah. Which is why their Rams' defensive coordinator is not a head I'd coach. Say Aaron Donald <laughs> had a field day with yeah. on their offensive line. Yeah, I just I would take Allen over. That's, I'm just trying to bias aside. After what I saw the back, I mean. If Wilson had a steady, consistent year, just I don't know. It just seems like the last this last year he kind of he had good games and then just they just kind of fell off as a team. I don't know what changed, but either way. All right, what else? We gotta go to we done with football? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk Super Bowl next year next week. Next week, yeah, there's a lot going on. So UFC two fifty seven. Where were you? Where was I? At home with no cable T V or pay per view. Dude, why just, I was I mean, ready. You, you could have drove for like two minutes. But I was ready hitting update because I knew it wasn't going to be that long. And as soon as it was done, there was a highlight reel of everything. So did I really miss out that much? Yeah, you did. Uh, bonding you could, time with you us. Could, you could have enjoyed That's our one, company. Okay. Okay. That's like recording the Bills-Chiefs game and watching it Monday night. <laughs> Come on, dude. Just the fourth quarter. <laughs> right. yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I mean Tegan even joined us. I do got to say... Uh, Phones work two ways, and I didn't get a text like, "Hey, where you at?" Time out. I, I didn't. I didn't okay. either. I didn't either. I, 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 I said, invited myself over. I said, "Kyle, you getting a fight tonight? I'm coming over." There's very few people have open door policy, and you are one of them. See, you say that, but I showed up ten minutes earlier than usual today, and the door was locked. So I was standing out on the sidewalk, like I looked like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, just looking around. Time out. You were a little early, which is totally fine. I was in the shower, but normally Russ is the first one here. Is the door usually unlocked when you get here? Uh, yes. Yes. He, he. If I know you're coming. He wavered a little bit on that answer. Yeah. I think it's been locked. I, but sometimes I'm busy. I'm going to shit on these two guys a little bit. Go only because I watch your dogs. If it's locked, I have a key. So <laughs> I just come in. That's more than an open door policy. That's a closed door policy. <laughs> well, yeah, we watched the fights here. You could have came over. I know what you're doing. You can just, yeah. 
don't you don't watch. I usually get like every pay per view. He said refreshing, but I think his finger was going right and left. Yeah, he's got one of those things now that just <laughs> more spins. Right, more right than left <laughs> spins. Catch a hit, catch a hit, catch a hit. Anywho, anyway, uh, pretty good card. First three fights were all right uh, on the on the main card. Yep, but I think the ones we want to talk about are the light heavyweights or the the light, lightweights, lightweights, lightweights. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, Michael Chandler knocked out Dan Hooker. My prediction for that fight was on our podcast, the podcast you did with me today was if, because Chandler, I went back and watched some film on Chandler. Very fast out of the gate is usually his game plan. We should mention he's his first UFC first fight. First UFC fight. So there wasn't a lot to go off from. Yep. And Dan Hooker's coming off a loss to Poirier where he got, he got beat up pretty good. Yep. And Dan Hooker was supposed to be the next title contender everyone talked about. And he probably probably would have got a title shot if he beat Poirier. Yes. And I thought that if Hooker toughness wise could get out of the first like get it through like three rounds, two rounds, the longer it went, he probably had the advantage because Chandler's got a lot of pace in him. And what we saw was and what you and I talked about after the fight was is Chandler's chin somewhat compromised after that ass kicking he took from Poirier. Hooker. Hooker's chin. Hooker's chin, yes. Yeah, uh, not Chandler Hooker. Uh, it's, it certainly could be. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that and, happening in boxing for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he got he got knocked on his ass, knocked yeah, out. First round. Technical knockout, but or whatever. Yeah, and he also, I think about a minute before he got knocked out, I said he is just backpedaling and running around the ring. Circle in the same direction. Yeah, and if he keeps doing that, he's going to get caught. It doesn't take a good boxer to catch a guy like that. So I don't know if maybe he had the same thought that his chin was compromised and he was trying to keep extreme distance and, I don't know, look for a shot or something. That but sounds like a terrible attitude to take into a fight. I mean, Russ brought it up. He said when it happened, I mean, he literally he was circling the same direction mm-hmm. and Chandler just timed it with a left hand and hit him and knocked him down. And Russ said anybody in the top ten would have done that tonight. Yeah. Because that's all he was doing was going like one direction. <clears throat> so that was, you know, they're they're hyping up Chandler. They're hyping up Chandler before this fight. Yeah. And they are, especially now afterwards. But that's the reason I made that comment was we didn't learn anything about Chandler in that fight. Correct. Yes, he won. Yes, he took advantage of Hooker's uh, weird defense mechanisms. But, yeah, it didn't take a top contender to beat Hooker Saturday night. So I don't know that we learned much about Chandler. That's not his fault. He took advantage of the situation. No, I mean, yeah, he was. yeah, and he was he was on McAfee today. Good interview too. Definitely, Chandler. yeah, yeah. Definitely recommend finding that and listening. Yeah, he was. They probably cut was, it in like, just that interview. Yeah, he was yeah. electric the whole time on there. I mean, McAfee was loving him, but um, I mean, yeah, and obviously after he called out so, Khabib and McGregor and Poirier and when you say electric, like I'll aim this at you. Not electric like Colby Covington. Annoying. No. Okay. No, he All was right. just fair. He's no. I, so that guy's uh, annoying. He seemed shit. very. He seemed very like down to earth. He's, right. he's a very. He's. I'll say this. I think he's gonna. He's a great addition for the UFC. Okay. Um, Sounds good. And he even they even mentioned the whole like, you know, demeanor. And he's like, I don't. He goes, I don't play the mean mugging thing. It's just not me. He's like, you know, yeah. these guys. I respect them as individuals. I know the work they put in. You know, like Poirier, he goes, I went to weigh-ins and sat next to Poirier and, you know, chopped it up with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I think he's sending Poirier, like, groove rings, wedding rings. Right. So I think he might be sponsored by him or something. He's like, yeah, but, you know, they talked about that. And he's like, it's just a business. So when the cage closes, there are guys with 
two arms, two legs, and targets on him. Yeah. Yep. So, as they no brain. I, as he, yeah, he's got no brain. He's got no brain. As McAfee said, "You guys all poop the same, right?" Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, I mean, and he did state today he will not be doing any more backflips off the ring. Well, Dana White wasn't happy about yeah, that. White was. Yeah, <laughs> I wake White called him out after it, but yeah, he said he Good. will not. <laughs> Says the first time he's actually ever done one off the cage. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd and as he said, he went he went full send. Yeah, and thankfully he didn't blow any out. Which Dana obviously, was obviously is Dana's concern. Dana was pissed. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is win win your UFC debut, an enormous fight, and then you're <laughs> out for 18 months because you blow an ACL yeah. out. So I actually, you guys left. I stayed up till three in the morning to watch the press conference, or they just they bring the fighter in, bring the next one in. Yeah. I stayed up and watched that. Uh. I got to give props to Connor. I felt like he handled himself. I like this Connor. Mm-hmm. Me too. During fight week, it's like it's almost like the new Tiger Woods at the same. It's like where just, that, yeah. that old fake shell is gone. Right. Like you, you're going to sell a fight. I get that. Like you got to do your thing. He did that for a long time. It's like you and Poirier fought once. Poirier is not the same fighter that he was. Which, by the way, somebody Artem Lobov, I think, used to be or is in Connor's camp or whatever. Remember Artem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No longer the UFC. Yeah. He made a comment and said, I don't know why everyone's saying Dustin's a different fighter. He was a good fighter back then. Um, so does that mean Connor didn't improve either? Like, what kind of con- yeah, I mean, yeah. to me that was a dumb statement? Like, yeah, to ignore the fact that Poirier hasn't improved after what he's done over the last two years while Connor was sitting on his ass most of the time is kind of kind of ignorant, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Dustin was a good fighter. He was also younger, changed teams, went to American Top Team instead of training at his tiny gym in Louisiana. He's not fighting at 155, not 145. He's a lot bigger. I don't yep. think he has to cut as much weight to make weight. Yep. Uh, but I thought Connor handled it well. He, I mean, his presser was, you know, fair play to Dustin. He kept bringing up the calf kicks. He said he's never experienced anything yep. like it. I thought I saw, is he on a six-month suspension now, medical suspension? He might be the over just hit. No. Oh. No, it's still 3-2, three, three minutes left. Oh, I Ta- like it. Taylor Tolles was like 13 minutes of a second. Up, He's like, there's uh, no chance they don't they don't score again, is there? Look up Conor McGregor's medical suspension or UFC 257 medical suspensions. I, th- oh, I thought yeah. I saw. It might be. I don't know if it was a true headline that he was on a six-month suspension now. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, yeah, it's usually Cause, like. Because didn't someone say they, sh- didn't Conor say that he wanted a third match in May? So what they do, though, is what Ross is saying is you get evaluated after the fight and they do like. The athletic commission, whoever will do what they call medical suspensions, based on like your review or what happens, and pretty much everyone from the card yeah. will get suspended, like even they, Poirier, oh. but it might only be a week or two weeks. Yeah. They all say possibly out for up to six months. Okay. So in case you guys can't say knows? he's doing air, air quotes, quotes as well, quotes. but it's also yeah, it's like pending, like they got or you know it might be six months, two weeks, no contact, pending X rays, kind of yeah. like. Kind of like concussion protocol for Patrick Holmes, right? It's just whatever they decide they want to do. <laughs> Sorry, I had to vent that. But yeah, that's that's basically what so it like is. So like, if someone gets knocked out that bad, they're probably like, oh, six month medical suspension. And then obviously, like a couple weeks later, they probably evaluate him again. They just keep an eye on him. Yeah, for him too, it's his right. leg. Well, yeah, but he he kept bringing that up. He's like, I just he said he's never experienced that. Yeah. Just didn't. It sh- also shows his inability, Connor's inability to fight out of the orthodox stance yep yes because he's he's known for being a southpaw one of the better lefties in the ufc he's ever seen and if you're getting kicked that bad on your front leg your your first strategy should be to switch stances 
and therefore take some of those kicks on the other leg to give your For lead the leg first time two to, rounds or so. Yeah, give yeah. your give your lead leg some time to heal, and only take half of those kicks. Uh, he, he said he, the it was like the second kick he took like really got to him. Yeah, it, it was funny because they they asked Chandler about that day because McAfee's always said if he wanted to fight. Like he feels like he could only kick because obviously he was a he was a punter. So, but mm. they asked Chandler about it. And he said he said I don't kick because I can't tell you how many times I've missed by just a little bit and it hurts if you yeah. if you don't yeah. if you don't kick them right. So, yep. And he said it probably doesn't it doesn't like it like kills your leg when they're kicking you, but it's more of like a a nuisance. Like you feel it, it hurts. And then obviously, it after slowly a while, builds it, over time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like body shots in boxing. Yeah. And Connor was walking on crutches. Right. Yeah. He, yes. I want to say that I was wrong last week because I said if Connor McGregor loses, what did you want to knockout? Yeah, I was wrong. Right. Uh, I said I don't think that we'll see him again. I figured he was dipping his toes in the water, but immediately after the fight, his comments were that he lost because this is an industry where you can take time off. You need to be in it the whole way. And he didn't say necessarily he's coming for another fight, but Dana White says in his press conference that those two are obviously going to be fighting for Khabib's belt, right? So that's the next uh, argument. We don't really know yet, but that just seems the way that he was so, alluding. Russ has a better fight, I so, think. So right right now, Khabib is still the title holder. Correct. He had conversations with Dana White prior to this weekend and basically said if any of the any of the four lightweights in the two co-main events, you know, impressed him enough that he would come back but then he said to Dana, I'm so many levels above all these people. Meaning, it doesn't seem like he's interested at all. Why would he right. want to? Well, money. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Money and 30 wins. He has 29 and 0. 30 and 0 sounds better. Um, I know there's some people that aren't fans of Khabib, but right now none of these guys have proven that they are on his level. So it's not he, – he doesn't need to say it out loud, but he's not all that wrong either. So the first variable is – is Khabib truly retired, or is he going to fight again? And I, I believe Dana White is going to force him to make that decision soon. He's probably got some time to kill because these guys have to get healthy again. So if, if Khabib decides to fight again, then to me you have Khabib and Poirier for the title. Definitely, I think McGregor needs to win another fight just to. If you take time off, I think you have to fight your way back up the ranks. I don't I think, think you should be grandfathered in, ready for another. I think title. he should have yeah. to fight too. He's only fought twice a lightweight. So, in my opinion, let's say Khabib fights again. You've got Khabib and Poirier for the title. In my opinion, you put Conor McGregor in with Justin Gaethje. Love that fight. And let them fight to take on whoever gets the belt yeah. once down the line. I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure where you throw Chandler in the mix here. You know, Do you have, do you have Chandler <laughs> fight the winner of Conor Gaethje, depending on when that fight happens? There's some moving parts. If, if Khabib decides to stay retired, then Poirier fights for the title. You could make an argument whether or not he fights Gaethje or Chandler for that belt. And then I would say, who's depending on which one fights Khabib, the other fights Connor. I think Connor's ability to sell a fight does outweigh the fact that he just lost. Actually, he's lost his last two fights, right? Yep. He's, he lost Khabib before this. Yes, I think that was like, the other night was his third fight, lightweight, right? Because he won the belt. He won the belt. He's, then he fought Khabib. 
Because he fought, he, he fought, fought Diaz at one fifty five once. Because then they fought at a different. And weight then class they fought later. at one seventy. Oh, like one seventy. When Diaz beat Connor, it was at one fifty five, and that's why they went to one seventy because Diaz said, right. "I beat you at your weight class. You come up to mine now." Right. So he won the belt. I don't even remember who he won the belt against. But then he Aldo fought. wasn't it? No, that would have been one forty five. Then it was if it wasn't Aldo, it had been Alvarez. I think he beat yeah, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. So Alvarez, Diaz, Khabib, and now uh, Poirier. So he's had at least four fights at 125. Yeah. The, unfortunately, the biggest moving part of this is what is Khabib doing? Do you think if he comes back, it'll be a one and done? Like a like how yeah. Mayweather is doing his career now where it seems like he just sort of nitpicks? Do you think it'll be that? Or do you think once he gets back in, he'll just fight five Mayweather or ten runs his mouth to try to stay relevant because yeah. he's broke. Khabib, Khabib, the reason Khabib retired was because the last fight was his first fight since his father's death. And he had basically, family is paramount to him. And he had basically said he wasn't going to keep going to the ring without his father. That's why I don't see him coming so, back. I just, he's so strong in his morals. I don't. But if he's willing to do it one one more time, then I don't see why he wouldn't be willing to keep going. I, to be honest, as much money as like, Khabib Poirier or Khabib McGregor again would make. I could see Dana throwing a bigger contract than usual at Khabib. Hey, I'll sign you for three guaranteed fights, and you're going to make at least twenty million a fight. Is he? That's is, tough to turn down. Is yeah. he not under contract at all, or does he have another fighter? I think he still has a fight on his contract. Yeah, I think he still has one, but at least one. Yeah, but obviously, if you retire, that right. So here's my <clears throat> here's my hang up right now. Wait, before you go, isn't there someone else? I, I thought I saw yep, the listening. I'll get into it. It, it, okay. Yep. So I agree with you that Khabib has shown he is levels above all these guys. He's beat them all. And, you know, he said, well, I, can't, I don't want to fight again without my dad, which is understandable. You, you, like right, you said, it, you respect somebody's, you know, their religion, their what yep. their family beliefs right. are. And then he tells his dad he would go, he wanted to go 30, you know, for his That's dad, the but then he told his mom, I'm, I won't fight without my dad. Right. So I, I understand all that, and he is. He's probably more so than anybody else I've ever seen in my lifetime is pretty, pretty like you know, Taylor said, pretty strong in his morals, and he's going to stick to that. Yep. Where I'm irritated is he made the comment, I'm not going to hold up lightweight division. This is exactly what you're doing right now. Yep. Because you're so strong in those morals, but yet you entertained Dana White the week before, and you have a meeting, and, you, and your comment to Dana is, well, if they impress me, right? But then Dana White had a conversation with Khabib before he ever talked to McGregor or Poirier after that fight through a text message. And Khabib said what Taylor said. Oh, Dana, oh, let's be honest with yourself. I'm levels above these guys. Like, to me, I felt like you already thought that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Don't they all think that way? You kind of have to to get to But he's right. Level. I mean, he's right, though. He's got the belt. And, like, I felt like he was – he already had that pre- preconceived notion. And I feel like he – did he give Dana White that time of day out of respect – because that's the kind of guy he is, you know what I mean? He's very much in his respect and stuff. And then I get there's bad blood between him and Connor, but then he takes to Twitter and like knocks Connor. Well, you know, like talking about like kicking a man while you're down type of thing. And Chandler brought that up Chandler today. Brought that up mm-hmm. today. He goes, you know, I, I get there's bad blood there, but at the same time, like you, you, the guy just got knocked out, and you go to Twitter minutes later and you knock the guy and you know kick him while he's down. He's like, you want to talk about being respectful? Like yep. you can't play this card that you're a super respectful guy, and then go do something like that. 
to a guy you whether you like him or not, he still put in the work and yep. put his put his ass on the line, right? Regardless if you like him or not. Yep. So I feel like he is, even though he says, Oh, I'm not holding up the division, you are holding up the division. In my opinion, looking back on it, after his comments to Dana White, it's almost like he didn't really intend of having any intentions of coming back. That fight Sunday Saturday night should have been for the belt. And right now, Dustin Poirier should hold that belt, and that division should move on. Because even if Khabib decides, oh, I might come back, when? Are we going to drag this out for yeah. another year? Let, let whoever fight for the belt, and then if you want to come back, then you can have your title shot when you come back. Do you yeah. think this will set a precedence for a time limit of holding Dana, the belt for how long that's you have? Say, Dana needs to make an example. Dana, Dana is not going to let him sit out for a year. Right. That's why I I don't know. How I, long has it been already, right? Not long. No, not long. It's been like six or seven October. months, right? Yeah, it was, oh, probably, it was probably October. October um, what, what my gripe is, though, is like he made that comment so quick after the fight. Yeah. It's almost like you already had it on, like, were yeah. you, pre- were you pre-texting yeah. Dana? You just, you just said it for 2 a.m. Yeah. See, I don't, I think if, I don't know. I think if Khabib had given up the belt a couple like a month ago i don't know that this fight between connor and poirier would have been for the belt i think these two fights were going to happen anyway if connor had given if khabib had given up the belt i think dan would have used these two fights as contender fights and then scheduled a title fight for mid-year i don't in my opinion as of right now like fight week International Fight yeah, Week, like July yeah. or something like that. So I think even if Khabib had given it up, the belt would not have been on the line this past weekend. So I don't quite, in my opinion, I don't quite think Khabib is holding the division up yet. Well, I looked the, at the fight. It was October 24th. So realistically, that's three months. The reason I say I think Dustin but, is the champ is because he's coming off. His only loss in the last two years is Khabib. And he bounced back yeah. from that loss, beat the shit out of Hooker, who was the next best thing, yeah, and understood. then just went out and knocked out Connor. But Connor, Connor's last fight was a loss to Khabib. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what was prior to that. So if this, if this, if the belt was on the line this past weekend, would Connor be deserving of that? No, and which, he's, which is why I don't think it would have been on the line. Well, this Khabib, he, he lost to Khabib, beat Cowboy, which nothing, right, no yeah, disrespect yeah, to right. Cowboy. That's, that wasn't a fair matchup. That was a that was a paycheck for Cowboy. Yeah, that's what that was, yeah, and he yeah. deserves that paycheck because he's been a company man for yeah. years. So Khabib. Khabib's comments about Connor, that's a separate topic, and I agree they were unnecessary. Um, in my opinion, like I just said, I don't think the belt would have been on the line this past weekend. And going forward, whenever the next whatever matchup you want to put out out there, I believe Dana will force Khabib to make a decision. Either you're fighting or I'm stripping you, which is why in my mindset right now he's not holding the division up. So I was, I was with you. I thought the assumption was after Saturday was – the winner of those two fights would fight for the belt. Uh, Poirier said he's got no interest in fighting Chandler. Um, if Dana, if Dana, yeah, he did. So I, I like Poirier. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. If Dana goes to Poirier and says, "Hey, Khabib is out. Khabib is no longer. He's retired, and I want you to fight Chandler for the belt." And Poirier turns that down. That that's extremely stupid on Poirier's part. Agree. That, so, that comment doesn't make sense to me from Poirier's standpoint. So here was his logic, and this is – it's it's so weird to listen to these guys because, like, I get they go through camp, and they're all like, I want to be the champ, I want to be the champ, and then the fight's over. They're like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back home. I don't give a shit. I don't, 
Yeah. They got my number. He was on ESPN this morning. He's like, oh, UFC's got my number. If they want to talk to me, they, they know how to get a hold of me. It's a very odd mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, his goal is, he's like, I don't care who it is. I want to fight. But his argument was, and it made a little bit of sense to me. He said, I, he goes, and it's nothing against Chandler. I think he's a great fighter. He said, but I feel like, you know, he goes, I'm, I've got 27 fights in UFC. I just knocked out the biggest name in the UFC. My only losses to Khabib was a title fight. He was an interim title. He was an interim title holder himself at one time. Mm-hmm. He said he doesn't feel like that. And he said it was no disrespect to Chandler that Chandler should get the title fight. And he had no interest in fighting a guy who was coming off a win off a guy he just knocked out after Chandler has only fought once in the UFC. And he thinks Charles Oliveira is the one who deserves a title shot. He said he has more interest in that because he said Oliveira's been around. He had a really good performance, I think, like a month ago or something like that. I'm not sure. You can, can you look up Oliveira? I'm, I honestly don't know what his – he just made the comment. He's like, he's been knocked down before. He's been doing you – know, he's come back. He's built himself back up. He's been fighting well. He, he fought just, Tony Ferguson on December 12th. He beat the shit out of Ferguson. Um, prior to that was Kevin Lee. That was by submission in the third round. So – Okay. Both notable names, I would say. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a little overrated. Yeah, Kevin Lee's not. Uh, he's a name, but he. I don't know. Yeah, he's so, proven to be overrated. <clears throat> he just said I, it, it didn't. I, interest- I agree. I agree with what he's saying that Chandler maybe hasn't paid his dues in the UFC. He is thirty some years old and has a bunch of fights in other venues. It's not like this is a. 19-year-old kid who only has one fight under right. his belt total. Um, Oliveira, I haven't thought about. Do you Do you think Oliveira would deserve it over Gaethje? That was brought up to him as well. They said, uh, he said, I think it's Charles, Charles Oliveira. Is just, I think he's more deserving. And then the whoever was asking the question said, what about someone like Justin Gaethje? And he was like, he's another one. Yeah. Because Gaethje, Gaethje was on a hell of a hot streak and then lost to... Khabib, who you could argue is the best ever in the in the division, so I don't hold that against him too much. Yeah, he if, lost to Poirier, went on a hot streak, and then lost yeah. to Khabib. If this is just Poirier talking, answering a question about Chandler, then I agree with what he's saying. If that fight is offered to him for the belt and he says it. no, then that would be absolutely stupid. I agree. I think he'd say yes. That's what I mean. I just sometimes the mentality of these guys when they're answering questions, I was like, yeah. Why do you care? Like right. then, but then in the same, and again, I love Poirier. I've been on this guy for a couple of years. You guys know that. Yeah. Uh, almost to say that, and then basically, uh, you know, a few questions later, say, "Well, my ultimate goal is just to be a champion. I don't care who I fight. I'm not worried about the name." But then to say that you, that a fight with Chandler doesn't interest you because he's coming off a win off a guy and his he's coming off a win in his first UFC fight against a guy you've already knocked out. Is basically what he said. I think I would. If obviously you guys know UFC better than I do, I think I would make Chandler fight one more time before give him a shot at the belt. And I think that's a good idea because, because it was only what fought for what six minutes. They didn't even finish or, the no, round. Four four um, minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, but you can't hold that part against him. The same as like Connor not Connor winning the belt from Aldo, yeah. beating him in thirteen seconds. You right. can't put an asterisk on that just because it was a short fight. Uh, the only I just didn't know if you could because it was his first one. I don't know. I think because um, anyone can. Right, we've talked about that. 
yeah. anyone can land a punch. Yeah. I, I mean, I, obviously, I just made that argument. But at the same time, the matchmakers put you in there. They lock the cage. The outcome is what it is. Yep. Right. If you want the belt, you fight who's in front of you. Yeah. It, um, I think if Chandler wants to stay active, depending on what Poirier's situation is, medical suspension, I don't think it's too bad. Can't be too bad, right? He's not for who? Poirier. I wouldn't think it's bad. I don't know. Right. It can't be that bad. But I'm assuming, like, Chandler could probably fight next week. Yeah. Would be Mike. And he really didn't take any yeah. damage and just, if anything, they're going to check his left hand and yeah. make sure his hands aren't broke or something. So I guess if Chandler wants to stay active and fight again, <sighs> yeah, do that. My only, my only, the only reason I was hesitant on that is you can't have Chandler and somebody else fight in, like, June without a title and then make Poirier sit and wait until oh, December right. or something. So I don't know who if else. Chandler's going to fight so against him soon. Could you maybe have Poirier fight Oliveira and then, like, Gaethje fight Chandler? And then the winners of that have a title po- fight? In, in my opinion, Poirier's next fight is for the belt. Yep. Okay. So, no, he doesn't deserve another tune-up. If it's for the, the if result, it's for the so belt. If, Por- if Poirier and Oliveira fight for the belt, then obviously whoever wins that has the belt, and then you could have Chandler and Gaethje fight, and then the winner of that, yes. if, you know, six months down the road could fight yeah, for it or whatever it is. That. I'm fine with that. But no matter what Poirier's next fight, you have to make it for the belt. The belt. Whether he it, won't. I just don't think he would fight if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, whether it's against Khabib or whether they strip Khabib or he sits out and they give it to somebody else, the the opportunity to somebody else, his next fight has to be for the belt. Correct. I agree. I mean, I mean, it's funny because I sent you a screenshot mm-hmm. on Twitter the other day. Yeah. I almost went and looked that guy up and got into it, but did I you? just didn't feel like Oh, it. come on. You can get into it. I w- did you think? I wasn't rude. I was, you called Kyle no. in afterwards. No. I That's what I do. Dad, come help me. No, I just I made a I made a general statement to a guy who we follow, uh, who's a professional better. Okay, he made a I made a general statement because he said, "What a weird fight," and I'm like, Russ and I both sat here on the couch. Russ won three hundred dollars on the damn fight or somewhere right around there. Yeah, we're both on the same page. We've been on Poirier for a couple years now and said this kid's legit. And I thought he was stylistically wise, was the toughest fight that Khabib was going to have. And honestly, I think that is, right? I mean, yeah. he, he, Dustin almost choked him out, just too sweaty, yeah. couldn't lock it in. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I basically said, like, if you've basically, if you think that that fight was weird and that Connor was going to walk through Dustin, you probably shouldn't bet on MMA. Yeah. Yeah. I think that guy's comments were. Purely betting based and not MMA fan based. I mean, all it seemed. I think that guy was saying like all the bets, a majority of the bets were on Connor. They were. It was like a lot and, of. It was like eighty percent of the money yeah. went in on. And him. Connor has the hype around him, which understandably so. The guy can sell a fight, promote himself, and good for him for doing that. But if you are a true MMA fan, true UFC fan, and you were surprised by what Poirier did, then you're not really a fan. Yeah, you're, my, a, you're a casual person who got locked into the Conor hype. My take on what you just said was if 80% of the money was on Conor McGregor, I bet 90% of that money was from people that aren't even UFC fans. They're just 
they see Conor McGregor everywhere yeah. they scroll. Yes. Oh, it's, Conor's fighting. I'll throw yeah, a little exactly. bit of cash on this. He's gonna he's gonna win, right? He's got to win. I would say a lot of times looking where the money's going is a good way to do it, but not with an outlier like that. Here's the key. It'd be interesting. How many people put money on Connor that couldn't pronounce Poirier's name? Exactly. And that and that McAfee. Poirier. And that probably sums Fucking, it sums it up. Isn't that chicken in Spanish? So. Poirier. Poirier. Now, so this this Twitter debate that we're talking about, it wasn't really, uh, and it, he basically he came back at me. I thought he was actually being an asshole. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. And he basically was like, he basically he basically told me he talks to smart. I have people on my show smarter than you. I said to Russ, I'm like, well, must be his definition of smart and mine are a little different. <laughs> what um, a bold assumption, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, don't be a dick. Enjoy the win. I responded back and said, I wasn't being a dick. I was pointing out the fact that Connor is, he brings the hype. He There is people that might be the only fight they buy all year if Connor's fighting. That's maybe the only pay-per-view fight they watch yep. because it's Connor. And then I basically ended it with, maybe I know a little more about MMA than you think I do. I'll say it's the first time I've ever been scrolling around and seen franchises that have nothing to do with fighting at all that have specific Conor McGregor specials just because he's fighting. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's it's another level. He's I almost equate him to like the Arnold Palmer of fighting the way he markets so broad spectrum. Listen, I've been a Conor fan for years. He's done some really stupid shit outside of the octagon, oh, right? For sure. Right. I'm not gonna deny that. But when Connor fought Khabib and everyone's like, oh, this is where Khabib gets beat. You and I both were like, Connor's getting his ass whipped tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I there was there was zero surprise for me or I think Ross right. on that one. I'm like, Yep. This fight's over before it starts. Yeah. <laughs> He's got no chance of winning this fight. Yeah. And I mean it just stylistically does does not match up. And I think yeah. I think there was people that truly were like surprised that Connor lost that fight to Khabib. Right. And and then once he lost, they were all on Khabib's dick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because at that time, Connor, I mean, Connor clearly standing, his boxing is way better than Khabib's. Not that Khabib, I think Khabib is better than most people give him credit for standing, but Connor had absolutely no takedown defense. And then when he got taken down, he had even less defense right. than any of us. Khabib's going to take Khabib you to the is, ground. Yeah. And yeah. typically he is. He is that far ahead of everybody else on the ground. Poirier so that, said this morning that <coughs> sorry to keep interrupting. No, you're just like you're amped up here. Good. Uh Poirier said this morning that he uh he, he basically agreed. He's like, yeah, he goes, Khabib is a level above people. He said his balance and awareness while grappling is next level. Yeah. And it was it was he was it was kind of cool to feel on the other side of that, yeah. like right. just how his awareness and balance and yeah. stuff yeah. is next level. Um, they asked Chandler about Khabib. Khabib's, you know, important. Uh, Pat McAfee said, you know, he's wrestling bears. And Chandler said, one, it was a cub. Two, it was a train cub. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would that would actually be an interesting matchup because they claim Chandler has this elite so, wrestling background. So that's what he talked about, obviously. But, wrestled in Missouri. And, yeah. Do you know who he wrestled with? No. He wrestled with Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. They're on the same wrestling oh, team. Yeah. He said they were like big brothers to him. pretty good team. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty good wrestling. That's right there. But. But we've yeah. seen guys that supposedly have a good ground game get on right. the ground with Khabib and look like kids that have no idea what they're doing. Poirier. Yeah. Black belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And then no matchup for Khabib. Right. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we got to see Khabib's decision. I think this is going to be an interesting uh, – to me, this is probably, other than 
John Jones and the heavyweights. I think this lightweight division is by far the most exciting right now. Oh, for sure. As far as what's going to happen. There's exciting fighters in that division who don't deserve title shots right now that could make good fights. Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I want to backtrack just a a tiny bit. Uh, You were talking about McGregor out of the ring making a lot of bad decisions. So the reason I checked out there was I wanted to see how old he was when he had his first UFC fight. And I think he was 24 or just about 25. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm 25. I make stupid decisions all the time. He's on this grand platform, and you're holding him accountable for that. He's 32 years old now. Yeah, but, when, a, but when you're on that platform, you need to be. I, I get it, but yeah, I but think he there's wasn't a 20, grain of salt. He wasn't 25 years old when he punched an old man in the face a True. year ago. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was just sitting right. in a bar. <laughs> you're right. I'm talking about that shit. Like, he's done a couple other things that I. The chair through the bus window? That That's one of them. Um, like some like some woman tried suing him the other day that came out during fight week, and they did like a two year investigation and there was, they they basically cleared Connor and said this is there's no evidence it was all on video he didn't do anything and she's still trying to sue him for like uh, I was gonna say I do think he nowadays has become a prime target for people accusing yes. him of things he didn't do but yeah like, he did do some stupid things he uh, like what was it like a year or two ago he was walking into some place and some guy like was he's with his wife and his kid the guy's like. Being an asshole. He was looking for a reaction out of Connor. Kept, yeah. like, shoving his phone in his face. Oh, didn't he grab which, the phone, Which right? spiked the phone off the yeah. ground. Which, depending on how that <laughs> went, I don't blame him either. I don't, yeah, exactly. I also don't understand, if you know who Connor McGregor is, why are you trying to provoke him anywhere? Yeah. Like, this guy could beat the shit out of you in two seconds. Because that's what? a hell of a bar story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you live through it. Yeah. True. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, things year. are going well, betting. Yeah, yeah. I lost my parlay already today. So. But it, yeah, I was basically told, and Adam, I want you guys' opinion on this. I know you bet, you don't really bet. Do Not you? on football. I dabble in other things. Though. Okay. Uh, basically, this swipe right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he dabbles in other things. Right. <laughs> this jack wagon tried telling me which jack wagon. Oh, the guy on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Smarter uh, than me. That's knucklehead to you. Right. <laughs> He, he likes to use the term public money a lot. And like Adam and I were saying the other day, I'm like, fuck is public money? Right. Uh, is what that is that? The, I mean, the Pepsi Corp isn't going around and placing bets, right? <laughs> right. The individuals and it's because, are. Like I said, is it these guys who claim to be pro gamblers? You're not a pro gambler because you gamble nonstop. You're a pro gambler because you got rich doing something else and you have a yeah. bankroll. Yeah, yeah. So I said to Adam, like, so if you, what are the, what's the criteria of not being public money? Uh, you you got a big bankroll and you bet on games, therefore you're considered a sharp because right. you place large amounts of money. I got news for everybody in Vegas. I love it there. You guys are in for rude awakening because with all this mobile betting coming out, yeah. there might be people smarter than you out there. Yes. And I might be one of them. Yeah. I wonder if you it do. has to do with having a specific account for it. I think that people have large bankrolls and therefore you're known at the you're known at the book. There, yeah. There's probably there's probably a dollar amount figure out there that if you bet X number of dollars in three consecutive months, all of a sudden you're at some level of, hey, this guy's now doing this professionally. That was my thought. It's like day trading. If you have enough money to grand. move the line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of day trading. So I just. GameStop. I heard about that today. Yeah. So I I, I just think, I, him and I are talking about, I'm like, Vegas is in for a rude awakening because. I mean, two more states opened up last week with mobile betting. You and I and all of us can just drive across the border and go to PA. There's, you're going to find out, and we, we just might be one of those 
group of people that might know just as much or more yeah. than these sharps. You might not have the back roll of the banking and all of that, but I know that the guy we're referring to is struggling in college basketball. Am I wrong? Yeah. He was hot to start there, and now he's yeah. like freezing. Free, like ice cold. You're not talking about the fake Navy SEAL, are you? No, no, no. Oh, no. I don't know who the uh, – anything you say is fake, I don't want to listen to. I'm 45-31-1 on the year in college basketball. If you were to put a unit on all of those games, you'd be up quite a few units, by the way. You do the math. Suck it. I'm 1-0 and on James Harden triple-double bets. Yeah. <laughs> he, str- he was struggling through that one. <laughs> yeah, thank God it went to double OT. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a really bold bet anytime, isn't it? For any player to F- just call a triple-double. FanDuel had a boost for yeah. James Harden or Kevin Durant to have a triple-double in their second game together as the big three. Gotcha. That's actually a good boost to draw money in because the chances are between the two of them, as much as they shoot and score, there might not be a triple-double there. Yeah. I took it. It hit. I almost took a bonus, and then it seemed sacrilege. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you see the Kelsey bonus? It was like all he had to hit was, I think, 120 yards. Mm, didn't see that one. I wanted to take it, but then I was like, if it turns out the way it did, I would feel like I caused it, you know? I put some money on KC, yeah. just that way I won that, and then if I didn't, I felt good. You hedged. <laughs> True. <laughs> I had Knox as the first TD score there, and I thought. Oh, so, so did I, but I, heard I, a lot of people I, had, did. I had in a parlay, so it didn't help me. Oh. Yep. I just didn't hit the bills. So we're doing all right. I get screenshots from Ross about his bets he's winning, too. I'm not trying to just say, talk about the times we won. We're going to have days where we lose a couple. Oh, yeah. But I'd say over the last, like, month to two, I think between the three of us combined, we're pretty far up if you're listening to that podcast over. Yeah. I mean, I went 5-0 and all last night, and Kyle went 5-1. Five 5-1. And like, one. Five and one. Split on wow. NBA. That's awesome. Yeah. But you do you, Vegas. That's right. Smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. I think it's pathetic that you have to have other people on your show. You live in Vegas, which is like... The headquarters of UFC, and you don't know shit about it, right? And you're yeah. betting on it. Shut up. <clears throat> um, you got anything else? No. Let's move on to stars then. Oh, uh, let's hit one hockey thing real quick. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. The, the only drama that has gone on in hockey really is Pierre Luc Dubois, who is a young, potentially elite center for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Prior to this year, he he wasn't signed. He was a restricted free agent. Uh, Before camp, he basically made the statement that he had no interest in playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets anymore. So immediately that caused a stir. The Blue Jackets have John Tortorella, who is one of the few old-school, no-bullshit coaches left in maybe all of pro sports. That's a nice way to put it. When you think about, like, (laughs) You know, a throwback coach to, like, the 70s who's not going to put up with stuff. You mean, like, throwing trash cans in the locker room kind of guy? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's done a lot worse than that. Yeah. Um, there was rumors there might be some beef between Dubois and Tortorella or that he just wanted to simply get out and play in a bigger market than Columbus. Um, he ended up signing a two-year deal to basically uh, – Jody Shelley was on the – Spitting Chicklets today. I saw a quick okay. clip. Jody, who Jody covers the Blue Jackets, his theory was that he signed a reasonable two-year deal to make him attractive to other teams Okay, as far as the trade <laughs> asset. Similar situation going on in Winnipeg with Patrick Line, 
another young, talented, uh, I'll call him an elite goal scorer, not an elite player. Correct. Ironically, Line A was picked second, and Dubois was picked third overall in the same draft year just a few years ago. He wanted out of Winnipeg. Some stories have surfaced since that uh, Blake Wheeler, their captain, and Shifley, their top center, were, I guess I'll say, bullying him, for lack of a better term. And coach wasn't doing anything to stop it, and he basically had no interest in playing with those guys anymore. Um, so the big news last week was so they these two teams made the trade. So Columbus sent Dubois and a third rounder to Winnipeg for Patrick Line and Jack Roskovich. Yeah. Who was another restricted free agent holdout who ironically lives in the Columbus area. He had never reported to Winnipeg, which I got thinking you asked me about quarantine yeah. being different for these players. So I think Roslovich was able to get in there so quick because he wasn't in he Winnipeg. Was. He was still living in Columbus. Huh. He happens to be in living in the new town. That he, yeah, because they, yeah, they made mention uh, Dubois has to isolate for 14 days. Yeah, going from the U.S. to Canada. So he already lived there? And then got traded to there? Roslovich, Roslovich was a member of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. He was disgruntled, didn't want to play there anymore. He's from the Columbus area. Oh, so he was still in, okay. he was still living in Columbus, didn't report to Winnipeg this year. Okay. And then ironically got traded to Columbus. Okay, so yeah. So he didn't have to quarantine because he was already living in the city he got traded to. Columbus is a nice area. So <laughs> Yeah. It is. It's one of the uh, small... I don't know, shit upon hockey markets, though. It's like one of those where free agents don't want to go to, and I don't know. I can tell from tell you from experience that that town is, over the last few years, has definitely blossomed into something bigger than people give it credit for. But yeah. uh, I think that that whole town gets overshadowed by Ohio State. It does. Right, it's the Ohio State. I don't want to hear that. Uh, and for the record, uh, right, Ohio State's in a shitty part of town. It, right, it but... But that's right. That's what Columbus is. When you say Columbus, first thing you think of is Ohio State. Yeah, I mean they got literally have stores more than one in the same mall that's dedicated to just Ohio State. Yeah, gear apparel. And the interesting part, which Russ said, elite goal scorer for Line A. So he does not. I I don't know if I would call him lazy on defense, but he's not active defensively. He puts um, in less effort in the defensive zone <laughs> than offensive. And obviously, we already mentioned with Tortorella being old school that doesn't mix well people are wondering how that how that's going to work out or yeah. or just columbus say all right we don't want line a can we flip him for something else or maybe he's happy to be away from those guys that were allegedly bullying him and it changes his whole right attitude and grown ass so. man line a was two in the yeah. was that the matthews draft uh yes it was yeah matthews line a to bar one two three so yeah i think those are the two interesting highlights you got can Line a survive under Tortorella? If he can, he may become one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. Right. And number two, Winnipeg, Shifley, Dubois, one, two down the middle, now has maybe one of the best, one of, if not the best, center duos in the NHL. Yeah. So. Yep. And Columbus is actually winning their division right now yep. with only two wins. Yeah, three three overtime losses, but Columbus is not a bad team. So. No, yeah, they went, they lost to Tampa in the yeah Eastern Sec- semis. Yeah, Eastern Sec- semis. 
last year. So, so I do have one more thing for you guys. Okay. Nobody got voted in the Hall of Fame today. Oh, I did. I, I saw that actually too. wrote that down because I had an art. Schilling came sixteen votes shy. I think he, so. yep, he was he was shy. Sixty eight percent somewhere in there. Uh, Sixty seventy even. Oh, 70, 70 even. So there's a vote threshold that they have to meet. Seventy five. So Schilling actually has requested that they take him off the ballot next year, and then he goes to the Veterans Committee to be voted upon after I think the following year or whenever they after, can. Yeah, after ten, after if you don't get voted in for ten years, you can go to the the Veteran Committee or whatever that is and. I mean, Get people. Voted in that way. You can have whatever reason you want for, for the you know for whatever you know not voting. I think a lot of it. I'm not going to get into details. I didn't look up a ton of them, but I know the basis of it. A lot of people don't like shilling because they you know his politics or whatever. Because after baseball, he got into this huge like. That's what I don't really care about that. What I do care about is 14 ballots came back empty this year. Didn't vote at all. And I think we've talked about this in other podcasts in years past about um, the voting and stuff. Uh, like the year Jeter was up. Everyone thought Jeter was going to be a the first time 100%er. And then somebody from Boston, a writer, who said, oh, I'm not going to vote for him. Almost out of like spite, right? Right. And I well, think... he rumor is that he, Jeter disrespected him, so he said, I'm not voting for him. Yeah. So Here's the problem. That's his opinion. Did, you, did he really... Did, 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 not to Jeter, just anybody, for all these writers... Is that's what I got thinking about today? Is it does it become personal because you didn't have the interaction you wanted with that player, right? Right. I can't stand LeBron James, but if I had a vote, the guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you. So I think the issue is here is do we need to take a look at how we're who's voting for people in the Hall of Fame? The fact that fourteen ballots came back empty, I just feel like it's. And I'm using just years an example because it's very recent to all of us because that was a story, right? Mm-hmm. The guy said that, and like you said. And hate him or not, like the realistic is, would you vote for that person for the Hall of Fame? Yep. And I think sending back four, fourteen they don't, people who didn't vote, I think it's horseshit. Yeah. I like I heard t- uh, Hank Aaron died this week. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Hank Aaron did, only got like eighty five percent of the votes. They said when he went in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Eighty five percent. That means people didn't vote for him. And to me, that's just horseshit. Yeah. Right. And I think that we need to look at like. What, why are you, who are these people? What constitutes you getting a vote for one of the most prestigious things that these guys, not only a career, but a lifetime look forward to or work towards as a kid, as a high schooler, college player, and then the major league baseball. Then we got some guy who probably got picked in a dodgeball last his entire life, writing news articles. And he says, well, I get a vote. Some decide whether or not you want to hold. And to my point, that guy might not have the experience that he wanted or expected from a player. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to vote for him now. That's horseshit. So this process will be more, much, much more elaborate. Why not have all living Hall of Fame players Cast vote? <laughs> that, to me, that should be the vote. You're trying to – these guys are trying to get into their club, basically. Those guys know the criteria. Um, if they're still living, there's a chance they played against some of these players – Who's going to know better than that? That's what Schilling's argument is right now. And I'm not sticking up for Schilling. I'm just, he is the example tonight because that's what happened today. He wants to be off the ballot next year. I think that's his way of, you know, telling the writers, you can go fuck yourself. Right. Um, whether you think he's there or not, I, he's been, this will be his 10th year. And he, his comment was, I want off. And I want the people who know baseball to be voting on me. Although, 
I still have disagreement about the veteran committee too because of a former Brave, Dale Murphy, who's a three-time MVP and still is not in the Hall of Fame, which is crazy for a – he won the MVP three three times in four years. And a lot of people say he may be one of the best, like, hitters, like top, you know, top 20, 25 in MLB ever and not in the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones didn't get in today. Andrew – I. I was, I was, I looked at it was only like 30% too. Andrew Jones got 19.4%. That's just a matter of time though, right? For him. Not always. Jeff Kent didn't get in today. Jeff Kent's almost done, I believe. Uh, That was his eighth. Uh, Manny Ramirez didn't get in today. Right. Here's the other one that I just like, I was a little shocked by. Gary Sheffield didn't get in today. Really? Didn't he have steroid issues though? Yes. So. That's See, and, and I, I understand, like, people want to lean back on that, right? Okay, so Sheffield didn't get in, but you still voted for Clemens and Bonds, who got 61 and 60% of the vote. Clemens and Bonds, they kept increasing in vote every year. In the past, like, three years, has been, like, the same level. So they've kind of, like, hit that level, like, yeah. they're not getting voted in. I, I believe the steroids are the reason those guys oh, I, turn, has, in, turn in blank ballots. That, I believe that's the only reason those guys do that. See, I, I think we've talked about the whole steroid thing before about, you know, yeah, you could take, I think Colton was on that episode, wasn't he? We talked about steroids yeah. and bonds. Yeah. And I just feel like there was, it's hard to like, how do you keep a guy like bonds out? Right. I'm just for sake of argument. You keep a guy like bonds out cause he's on steroids, but you, it's been proven like pictures have come out and said, yeah, I did steroids. Like how many and how many other guys do we know of didn't that we don't know? Yeah, because we got guys now where it's <laughs> to me. If you get caught now, you're you're just an idiot mm-hmm. because it's so. I mean, they track it so well and they do their yeah. due diligence. They didn't then, right? They didn't do that then. And I, I think the frustrating part is, I think you have at some point, you just have to look at that era and be like, holy shit, all those guys were juicing. Yes, yeah. But I mean, Bonds, Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. The guys. You can make an argument he's the best hitter ever. Um, I think if you kind of split this a little bit. The, your point about the guys turning blank ballots, that's got to be addressed somehow. Yeah. Because if those guys continue to turn in blank ballots for the next decade, nobody's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing based on whatever the right. total. Yeah. I don't You'd know how many to total voters hitters. there are. Well, I just looked because obviously Rivera was the first one to have 100%. He was like 367 votes. Okay. 367 right. so people is a lot. Yeah, so I guess you could get but, in, in theory, with those guys, but still. Right, yeah. That's a, that's a slap in the face to the whole process. Turning a blank ballot is trying to make a name for yourself. A statement that <coughs> Instead of doing that, just say, hey, I'm signing my ballot back and take my vote out. But they won't do that because they won't. Right, yeah, yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're, if you're doing it because of, because of steroids, you're not, right, you're not going to ever turn one in that's got something on it. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would... So, if, I agree with that. If you turn in a blank ballot, just don't count it then. That's the same as not – you didn't vote. Right. You did not vote for a specific player. It would you alter just the didn't, percentage. You just didn't vote. Right. Um, with that said, I do think over the last, like, I don't know, 10, 20 years, Hall of Fame status in all the sports, people kind of throw that around a little too easily. It's been brought up in the NFL the, recently. Those, like those guys you just mentioned, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Sheffield, and even Schilling, I throw him into this category. They're During their time, they were good all-star players. But if you truly look at their numbers, I 
I don't know that I believe those are Hall of Fame players. I mean, I was I would look at some of them. I remember I took a screenshot, so I can't look like Sheffield batted like two ninety two over his career at like two hundred and fifty seven yeah. so I just stolen bases or some shit like that. I just out of curiosity five hundred home runs. I looked up Andrew Jones because he he was an elite defender. That's all I, so that was a point I was gonna go ahead and then I'll I mean I guess he has more home runs than I thought, but he has like he's a career Career two fifty four hitter. Right. Is, is that Hall of yeah. Fame worthy? I, right. In my opinion, no. And there's a lot of guys on here for the first time that I'm like, even the guys that are on here the first time, I'm like, eh. And Schilling, the thing that skews Schilling is he has three World Series titles. Right. But he's like Tim Hudson's 200, on the ballot. 216. Everybody career. goes on the ballot, though, so. But, like, I mean, he's in the top 25 that they have listed here. I mean, he ended up, I don't know, 270 wins, somewhere in there, probably. But it felt like he had, like, he had a window, then he just kind of fell off the last few years, didn't he? Yeah, but he also played for, like, 20 years. So, I, do you, you know, did you take that in account? You know, obviously you fall off the last couple of years, but you're also older. I don't know. Andy Pettit's on this list. Yeah, but he's never going to get in, right? Because if, if it's... Because of steroids. Steroids. Yeah. And Andy Pettit was one the one guy that I remember during all that who came out and said, and that's why I got swept under the rug, I think, with him, was he took the approach that probably all these guys should have. He'd come out and he said, yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. had a knee injury, and I needed help for a couple of weeks to basically, or however long it was, to heal. And well, those, are, those are good excuses, too. You don't, You never know, right? Yeah, but if... <laughs> That's what steroids do to you. They help you heal faster. Well, right, but right, and uh, but the fact that you come out and like openly admit it, like you tested positive, you're on this, you're on this document that says you took steroids. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I did during that time when I had that knee injury. I had come off surgery and was trying to rehab. Like was Schilling when I look at him. Yeah, he had the three World Series. I believe he had one in Arizona and two in Boston. Yeah. Um. And the one in Arizona, you could argue he wasn't the best pitcher on his team, or right. Randy Johnson. Oh, Randy there. Johnson, yeah. Uh, 216 career wins and a career ERA of 346. Yeah. If I, I tell you 346, that's that's not that's Hall of Fame. not even close to Hall of Fame level. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and because he's got – yeah, I, and I'm trying to remember who was on those teams. Right, Beckett was the ace in Boston, so he probably wasn't the best pitcher yep. right. in Boston. So here we're, we're doing right now what they're not doing. They vote in the Hall of Fame. We're sitting here talking numbers. Yeah, you're thinking. We're thinking logically about whether exactly. And this yeah. this is almost like the Heisman bullshit, right? At least all they, of a sudden, at, but at least the the current high the former Heisman winners are the ones voting that. Right. What I'm saying though is like they went back and stripped the committee, stripped like Reggie Bush that year. Like, well, you you got money. And then the, what I'm saying is we're sitting here talking right now like whether or not someone should be in a Hall of Fame based on numbers because isn't that what the Hall of Fame is? Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was an ethics category. Well, then you know if you get, if you get money, you're a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that's that. But I you saw, see what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. we're talking numbers. Like, are these numbers yeah, good enough I'm, to be in a Hall of Fame? I'm with you. And yeah. then all of a sudden it comes time to the vote and they're like, well, yeah. that guy wouldn't walk my dog that one time and he wouldn't stop for an autograph and, you know. <laughs> To the Andrew Jones point, obviously a big Braves fan. I love Andrew Jones. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but at the same time, do they? I don't know who. Obviously, I don't know every Hall of Famer, but you know what Hall of Famers are in there that have very similar numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Are there are there guys in there that were very good defensively, like because you could yep. probably argue Andrew Jones is probably top three to five 
defensively center field of all time. Obviously, you got to put Griffey in there, and you probably put Mays in there. I mean, yeah. there, there's guys you put Jim in Edmonds. there. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's up there near the top, probably. Yeah. I'd say top ten. Yeah. So, but so obviously, very good defense. Definitely Hall of Fame defender. Yep. So when you look at, you know, the numbers argument, are because he's got four hundred something home runs. Right. Um. Yeah, there's guys that have less that are in the Hall of Fame. And if you look at guys that played in, like, let's say the 60s, that maybe you look at this player and think, goodness, his numbers are comparable to Andrew Jones, and this guy's in the Hall of Fame. Right. But in my opinion, you also have to take into consideration that guy's numbers against his generation. Against the field, yeah. 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 That's why, uh, like the Babe Ruth argument, uh, there's players that have better career numbers than Babe Ruth, right? But when you compare Babe Ruth to the players of his generation, absolutely nobody was even close to him. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think the year he hit 60 or whatever it was, 61, yeah. 60, he had more home runs than, like, half yeah. the teams in the league had combined. Right. And that's – so his, that 60 home run has been broken since then. But we've had a handful of guys hit 50 to – we've had a couple dozen guys hit right. over 50. Yeah. So, Taking pictures out of this, just batting averages. Obviously, you can tell who the pitchers were. There's two guys on this list from today that have a batting average over 300 out of the 25. It's uh, Todd Held and Manny Ramirez. Career batting averages over 300. Manny, Manny is the of the guys we've mentioned. Manny's the closest to me because when he was playing, there were people that were arguing that he was the best right-handed hitter to ever play. Right. And when you make comments like that, that to me is when you start to get into, okay, is this guy a Hall of Fame caliber player? 555 home runs. The only people on that list with yeah. more are Bonds and Sosa. Right. So I know baseball stats tend to skew towards the offense, which is the argument yeah. you're making right. with yeah. Jones. But if you're a career 300 hitter and you're in the 500 home run club, that is, those are two giant check marks towards the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones hitting 250 is a big check mark against him. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I just I'm looking at some of this and I'm like this is just yeah. So would I have would I have voted for a big handful of these guys on this year's list to get into the Hall of Fame? I don't know that I would have. But the system has its flaws that need to be addressed. And this was the first time 1960 was the other time that nobody yeah. got in. I think the system, the point I'm trying to make is the system, like you said, is flawed. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with Probably that. Probably some 70-year-old dude sitting behind his computer desk with yeah. stacks and stacks of papers that he wrote old articles on that newspapers don't exist anymore. Yeah. He wants to make a name for himself, and he's like, oh, you know, that young that young pup, yo, he, thank you, took steroids. I ain't voting for any of those guys. Real quick before going stars, because the guy we talked about, I don't know, a couple months ago, Real Muto. Yeah. Hasn't officially signed yet, but yep. five years, um, average of $23 million. Yep. Highest annual average ever for a catcher. Yeah. Well, I forgot to ask you guys. I know. I'll just say it. I think the Yankees got LeMahieu cheap. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, He's older, though, too, so I don't know. I don't remember that, the number off the top of my head. Five years, 90? That's not crazy. That's, I mean, that's high for a second baseman. Or first. I mean, first baseman. Whatever I, he's going to play. I think it's kind of low for a guy second. coming off a of batting ground. He's won. Yeah, but he's won batting grounds before. That's... Okay, that makes it even worse. Yeah, but he's he's old. I don't what he's got to be. He's on a six year ninety. Yeah, so you're close. Six year. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a good deal. It, yeah. It's, it's a good deal for them. I thought he'd want more out of them. I really did. I mean, he, maybe he tried, and but he just wanted to stay in New York. Yeah. You know, oh, we've talked about before. You're in New York. We're going to have a huge market. We're going to have a hell of a baseball preview before this oh, season yeah. with all the moves of We're going to have to separate it by divisions. Pod- yeah, Jesus. Moves of Padres have made and... <laughs> Yeah, the Yankees pitching staff. Now. The fucking Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, I read today that, and I'm okay with it. Tanaka, keep him moving. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, they just fuck got, yeah. They just what, got, what are you surprised for? They just got Jameson Tyon for yeah. the Pirates, and uh, they signed somebody else. Tanaka was one of the biggest waste of money. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I just feel like the way he was touted, it didn't seem like he was. Never looked up to it. The, the, I, I know. The, mo- the moves they've made this offseason make it understandable to not have him around. Yeah. It, it, it was so much money because it wasn't just like, hey, they signed Tanaka for this many years like money. Twenty, wasn't he? But they, yeah, it was something like which right, is which is low for a twenty or north of that. But they also had to pay money to the team in Japan yeah. just to talk yes. to him, and that wasn't a small fee. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It was ridiculous. Well, said they crap. Oh, wow. Tanaka's on a seven-year, hundred and fifty-five million contract. It's over, I think. They crap. Oh, you're right. Yep, is it that Kluber. Is, that will be the end. of They it. did get Kluber. Yeah. yeah. Tanaka's done. So, they, so they've got Cole, Kluber, and if he can stay healthy, Jameson Tyon's stuff is arguably as good as Garrett Cole's. Right, and they still got, uh, what's his name coming back? So He's hurt all last year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Younger dude. Uh, Severino. Severino, yeah. So, yeah, I think I heard Tanaka's already talking to a team in Japan, his former team. back. Just go to the Blue Jays. They're stacking. They said nobody wants him. Do you think Japan can come anywhere near the numbers? I don't yeah, know. Obviously, they probably I follow more. it. They yeah, probably more. I don't know. Probably even more. Really? Yeah. Baseball's pretty big in Japan. That's the one oh, where they yeah. give out the sword for the World Series, right? Or, or something to that extent. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. I don't know no. what you're talking about. Oh, you're All talking right. Korean baseball, right? Or basketball. What was that Korean sport you were talking Korean about? Korean basketball. Man. Yeah. Basketball. So not, Korean basketball, not baseball. I, I thought you followed all Asian <laughs> sports or something to that extent. <laughs> yeah, Japan is... Baseball in Japan is enormous. North Korea Basketball League. That's right. Yeah. Not just Korean. Point North guard, Korea. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah, for every team. We're almost uh, I already scored 100 here. points in a game, actually. Yeah. We're dragging on here. We're getting to replay the Sabres-Rangers game. All right, let's go stars. <laughs> I will go first. Uh, actually, I'm just going to say it. I've already mentioned my first and second star. It was Poirier and Chandler. So Poirier is my first star. So uh, My third star is Mac McClung last night. Ooh. I'm with you there. Uh, 30 third points. Star. 30 points for Mac <clears throat> McClung. Uh Playing at Texas Tech, went up and played at West Virginia. They, they lose the game on a buzzer, kind of a buzzer beater. There's eight seconds left, but his parents made the drive five hours to watch Gate, him play. Gate City, Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kid's a stud, man. He broke Allen Iverson's state scoring record in high school. Not bad. Was he in like a class D school or something where it wasn't really? Uh, no, they were, it was like not, it was like midsize. It wasn't like, you know where I'm going with that, right? Well, like if you went to Addison, obviously he'd have. 3,000 points before he graduated. That was a shot at both of you, I guess. I didn't play basketball. I'm not a pumpkin pusher. <laughs> no, just shot at Addison. <laughs> I mean, Gate City's not a big big town, but they had some serious talent there. There's, I think there's a couple more kids that went to D1 schools on that yeah. team. And there was still a kid, I think, on that team that was still on a team after those guys graduated. Yeah, kid was a stud. Uh, my third star, I like it when guys stick it to their old teams. So Tyler Toffoli, Vancouver picked him up at the trade deadline last year and then didn't re-sign him. He re-signed in Montreal. Montreal and Vancouver played a three-game series last week. Tyler Toffoli had uh, three goals, two assists for seven points in the three games, including a hat trick. So bad move for Vancouver. Mm. So Tyler Toffoli. Uh, my third star was Mac McClung. Do you get your second? Who was your second? 
He's already done with stars, so it's just you and I. Okay. Um, my second star, the LPGA had the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions this past weekend. That's the equivalent of, like, the PGA Tour tournament when they have all the champions from the last two seasons, actually. So Jessica Corda got a win in the playoff, shot 24 under par in that tournament. So she's my second star. My second star is Luka Doncic. Uh, last night went 35-11-16. and 16. Um, but over the season, he's averaging 27.3 points, 9.8 rebounds, and 9.9 assists. Wow. Close to the triple-double average. He's got two triple-doubles, almost three, in the last five games. I only, I only had one star this week, and Russ picked it up. But at the same time, I had her for a different reason. Obviously, she won and shot an impressive number, but she shot 60. And last week, yep. Kevin Nau was one of my stars for shooting 61. So it's impossible for me to not put her there. Yep. Yep. And then for her to shoot it bogey-free. And did you did you see the scorecard? 30-28, wasn't it? Yeah. She went deep, deep, deep on the back or no, side. No, uh, 32-28. Yeah, because she went nine under on the back, correct? Yeah. Impressive stuff. You say bogey-free, but it's got to be hard to shoot a 60 while carding with a bogey. bogeys. Right? <laughs> and, uh, didn't well, Burek shoot 59 with a bogey or something? I don't remember that. that. Mickelson went bogey-free this week in 18 pars. Or last week, I should say. Sounds riveting. <laughs> um, my before you, I assume you got a dud over there. I do. Uh, my first star is the Bills. It wasn't a star of the week. It was more the, the 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 adventurous roller coaster we were on for the last three four months. Um, I'm ready for next year. Ready? I don't know. Same. <laughs> we might have a golf golf date soon. Or I say soon. Maybe right before the season. Depending on when uh, Mario comes back to New York, may want to play golf. We had that conversation the other night. Interesting. Uh, my dud of the week, I'm sure you guys probably saw this story since you follow UFC. Uh, Ottoman Azatar is my dud of the week. <laughs> Did you know this already? It's a great. No, tell the story. Yeah. It's a great dud. Okay. So this, I'm assuming you say Azatar. We'll, we'll stick with it. He uh, and his camp were in their hotel, and they were in the middle of the hotel, not on a high level or not in a low level. Someone in the group apparently has tiny wrists because they were able to slip the wristband off, smuggle it to the front of the hotel, and give it to a random person that no one, they haven't named him, obviously, I'm sure they do know who he is. He went to a top floor, found his way in a room, climbed down balconies to give a bag of something, mm-hmm. or to get a bag of something. Actually, this other guy climbed to him. My question is, what's in the bag? Because they, they, they asked Dana White, and he says, "I don't know. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, but you don't well, catch someone and not peek in the bag. But no, but at the at the time they asked Dana, it only was like an hour or two old. Okay, and yeah. I have a feel. I have a feeling that if, if it was flights. potentially like a bomb or something, like obviously he's not going why, in there. Why would oh, it be a bomb? Yeah, nobody went there. <laughs> Who said well, that? They well, asked, no, but I just don't they understand. Asked Dana after the fights at the press conference, oh, really? yeah, he said, "I don't know what's in the bag." He kind of was just kind of like he. So the guy got cut from the UFC. I, I just wanted, I'm oh. a little concerned you went to bomb with us. <laughs> hey, you don't know. I was thinking some sort of that hard drug or a, something. A steroid doesn't help you at that, that point. That was but my something thought, along yeah. those yeah. lines. Like the guy had an injury and needed something illegal and to it, get him through the fight. And it, it, was, it was some guy outside the bubble. The bubble, yeah. Yeah, so they actually, a few of them left the bubble. That's what happened. So. Yeah, they asked Dana. They asked him what was in the bag. He's like, I don't know. This I'm excited to find out, though. I don't know if we ever will. You, you'll never find out. And they Especially asked him. Abu Dhabi. I asked him if he pressed charges, and he said no. The kid lost his job and contract to UFC. He goes, I don't. He goes, he's not a bad kid. He made a dumb decision. Yep. And he, they, you know, they asked about the guy who got into the bubble and stuff. 
And Dana said, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, wait. I should he, he should be allowed well. back, though. You said they make them decisions. What do you mean? Earlier, you said. Oh, because he's young? <laughs> yeah. Should he be? <laughs> Oof. No. No. This is another. That's a man. different. They said that. Uh, that's another level of stupidity. Yeah. Dubai government had this a guy's name that got into the bubble. They, they have big. Right. I think there's huge, like, drug. I mean, it's hard to, like, get drugs in there and out of there. So, apparently, like, when people get them in, it's, like, a big deal. <laughs> McAfee said, do I sweat and getting drugs into Canada? And he's like, can't imagine I'm getting an Abu Dhabi. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, anything else? Go yeah. Sabres. All right, zero, boys. Zero, five minutes. Bills are gone. It's officially hockey season. I'm excited to eat some of these leftovers from Mooney's Sports Bar and Grill. No one said you were getting them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm digging into those things, too. So the fight happens now, then, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Boxing match right, this right summer. Uh, next week, Super Bowl preview. So yep. see you guys next week.